Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of the Race with Ryan podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Stevens, and we have another great show planned for you today. Special guest in the studio with us today. I want to welcome in brand new driver to the Bomberay division here in 2023, Mr. Joe Racine. How you doing, Joe? Good, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thanks for making the trek over here, man. I appreciate it. It's cool to have you live in studio, so we're just going to... We're going to take the first segment. We're going to get to know Joe. We're going to learn all about uh, where he came from, how he got into racing with us, and uh, just ask him some questions and get to know him. And uh, he's going to join us for as long as, uh, basically until his wife calls him and tells you to come home. So yeah, I, mean, I told her it was probably going to be a late night. She's like, all right. So the wife's got a night at home. Joe's got a night on the podcast. And we're going to have some fun here um, we do have quite a bit to cover, of course. Uh, great weekend at New Smarter Speedway with the Modified 75, the Sportsman 50, and all of that. Um, pretty interesting race at uh, Texas. Uh, did you watch Texas this weekend? Did, did you pay attention I to all that stuff? I caught pieces of it and everything. I stream a lot and everything, so cut the cable bill out and just stream everything. You're, you're smart. I, You know, that was for the longest time, I didn't have any kind of TV except the antenna, and then I had kids, and I'm like, it's so important to have TV for the kids. That way I can work and stuff, but you're, you're a smart man. So we'll cover NASCAR. We got around the state, fantasy stuff, all the stuff you've come to expect here on the show. We have it for you, but we're going to start the first segment, and we're going to go ahead and get into it and waste a little time here today. Um, we want to get to know you, Joe. Um, you're a relative newcomer to the scene here at New Smyrna. Um, in my opinion, it's been an incredible uh, performance for you watching you come from the new guy who you know more or less was towing your car with the u-haul to get to the track to now breaking out so running fast yeah. times so um first of all tell us a little bit about yourself so i've uh i lived in tennessee i've lived in pennsylvania of course i'm up north transplant and everything um my whole family has raised dirt track up north um my grandmother and my mother helped start a powder puff division at a local track up there and got the women into it and everything and they ran my uh, mom would race against the guys and beat them. And nice. They weren't having none of it. So, so you've uh, been a race fan for a long time. Oh yeah. You grew up in it. I used to always joke that I was conceived at a racetrack and everything. Apparently, I'm told different, but I just feel like it's in the blood, it's line, it's in the DNA. So, I mean, if not conceived, at least raced at one. Yeah, really. I mean, that's that's the other way to look at it. Uh, so yeah, been been into racing your your whole life, and what what finally made you jump and get yourself a race car? Oh, I've been, God, I think I started wanting to race and had my own car since I was 16 and just money issues, job issues, um, asked people, hey, you know, what, what do I need to get into it? I was always told, oh, you don't want to get into it. It's a waste of money. But yet I see the same people telling me that every week they're out there racing. I'm like, okay, <laughs> so if it's such a waste of money, where's like your Lamborghini or something with all the money you're saving? I mean, so. the way the way I look at that, most hobbies are a quote unquote waste of money. But if you're having fun doing it then it's not really a waste it's just it's a good way to spend money as i'm sure oh, you yeah. found out this year oh yeah um but man i i don't know if you're doing something you love i mean to me this podcast is a hobby making music is a, is a hobby i don't make money off of it i spend money on equipment and all this stuff but if you enjoy doing it and you're having fun having fun with it then it's just a hobby and i assume considering you keep coming back that you are enjoying your your season thus far oh it's been a blast i mean starting out with the car and not knowing, like, like I said, my a lot of my experience with everything, like I've been in the pits and helped out on like four ten sprint car teams up north. Just kind of like an honorary team member with uh, my one favorite driver up there who uh, retired from racing. Got into that, and he's like, "You ever think you'd get in a car?" I was like, "I said, told him if I ever did. I mean, 
my dream goal, like a lot of people put NASCAR, that's like way out there. Yeah. I'd love to run one of them 410 sprint cars around like half mile or something. They just, they're turning and it's like you're on the straightaway and you're turning to go straight. And it's like you're just in there and just going and the adrenaline and just uh, catches up with some people and everything. They get burned out. And that's why uh, my favorite driver retired. He wanted to spend more time with family and everything. And he's like, he told me, if you have a dream, doesn't matter if it's next week or 10 years from now. If you work for it, you'll finally get it. So started coming out to New Smyrna and checking out some of the races out there. I was out there probably, I think, five out of the nine nights for the World Series. Oh, wow. That's and a commitment. The one night I got out there and everything was the night um, I hit the 50-50, and I told you that oh, 141 right, bucks right. was going to start the race car fund. That's right. And I started coming out weekly, watching all the divisions, and I'm like, what could I get into? So I started talking to a couple people and uh, talked to Dustin Higdon. Big help this year and everything. Yeah. You know, shout out to him for, you know, lending his knowledge and everything. And he said, you know, you can get into a car, 2500 3500 bucks usually if someone has one for sale. I'm like, all right, well, it's a little far off to save. And, I mean, we had the World Series in February, and I think April I was out racing. Yeah. And sit there with this job that I have um, – had a retirement fund, 401k, and I'm like, tomorrow's never promised, and I'm not getting any younger either. <laughs> True. So I looked at how I much I that. had in there in my uh, savings for retirement, and I'm like, okay, so I'm sitting right around 2,500. So started asking around and uh, got uh, Eddie Evans' number from somebody. Said he had a few cars for sale. Didn't know if they still did. So I messaged him on Facebook. He's like. Yeah, I actually have two right now. One's kind of pending, but the guy's kind of dragging his feet on it, not sure and everything. So I said, you know, can I come look at it? He's like, yeah, come come down tonight. Met up with him and looked at the car, and we were talking prices, and he asked me, you know, budget-wise where I'm at and everything, and he's like, I can get you in this car. We, we can work out a deal. He's like, I see you want to do it, and I'd rather, you know, not see the car set. So uh, we worked that out, and I finally just – uh Called up the 401k place. I said, hey, can you cut me a check? And they sent it out to me and told him. I said, hey, I got the money and everything. He's like, well, let's come finalize it, and I'll haul it up to your house uh, in a couple of days. There you go. And I mean. That's where it started. I'll tell you, I know everybody's got their opinions about people like Dustin Higdon and Eddie Evans, those guys that have been around a while doing this and have a bunch of cars, but they're always willing to help people. And, yeah, you know. You're going to get knowledge or talk to anybody. Talk to the people that have been in it for a while they know what's going on and they're willing to lend a hand i think that's the one thing i loved about racing since i was younger it's like you would see one team that didn't make a show but this person blew a motor here take my motor run the feature it's a ten thousand dollar win feature just you know don't forget me uh if you go out there and win and right i've seen plenty of people take somebody else's motor and they swap it out for the feature they go out and win it and it's like all right mutual celebration here there's a lot of camaraderie that goes on in the pits and there's a lot of heated moments. And I feel like a lot of times that's what people focus on is the heated moments like, oh, those guys are fighting or yelling at each other. But sometimes that's just the the emotions, the heat of the battle thing. But, you know, 95 percent of the time, it's like you said, everybody kind of comes together and helps people out. And here we are. I mean, if it wasn't for people helping each other out, I don't think racing would be quite as awesome as it is. Oh, no. I mean, I see my fair share of fights and then course you have to get in there then cops get called suspensions are thrown out it's like yeah if you want to come out here and do this every week you want to fight 
Wait till you go find a Walmart parking lot or something. Wait till afterwards. Go across the street. Yeah, really. No one can stop you over there. Don't don't ruin, you know, your hobby, your fun and everything. Or there's some guys that make a living out of it and they get and I see it. You get in the heat of the moment and they first thing they do is tear up a car and they just wanna go and punch somebody through the window net. I've seen guys jump on hoods of cars and oh, yeah. just like, Oh, there's a suspension. It's just I I get being upset. I mean you know this. You're, you're you're sitting here doing it. You're spending a lot of money to, to come here on the weekends and, and race your car or put on a show for the fans. So there is a lot of emotion that goes into it. There's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears that go into it. And and you found that out earlier this year. What was it? Your your second or third race? Kind of third race. Everything went uh, everything went south. Was that the that was the night you you cut a tire down and hit the yeah, hit the wall? Yeah, that was the two. night the U-Haul blew up at the stoplight oh, at four so fifteen and forty four. That up. that was the night. Th- this is how I look at it. That's the night right there. You have problems getting to the track. I, I remember watching you drive from the parking lot like around. I'm like, wow, he is he's committed. That that was the night right there that could have made or broke your spirit. Oh, yeah. It seems like it it made your spirit because the U-Haul breaks down. You could say, to heck with this. I'm not racing tonight. Yeah. It is what it is. And then to hit the wall, and there's no easy way to hit the wall at New Smyrna, as you found Ooh, out. No. It, that could have been the end of it. Oh, yeah. I thought it was at first and everything. I mean, I saw the damage and everything, and I drove it off the track, and it rolled, and obviously the rims bent, and I know the suspension's bent. I went to put a tire on it, and the tire's against toward the door and rubbing, and I'm going to steer it, and I can't steer. I can only go straight. I can't get no steering out of the car, and I'm like, man, I got to drive this thing out to the parking lot. I got to make turns. So <laughs> finally, it was just cranking it, and I'm just gouging this, like, spare tire I had with me at the time and finally get it out there and <clears throat> go back to, like you just said, about helping people. That night, of all things, I bought the car off Eddie. Eddie's company gets the call to get and. He sent his driver all the way to, they wanted me to be able to get to Titusville on my own to pick up a loaner U-Haul. I'm like, I have no way. They said, well, you're towing a car. I'm like, yeah, I'm towing a race car. This thing has no headlights, no nothing. It's not street legal. Right. So they got a hold of Eddie. He sent his driver all the way to Titusville first to hook up the uh, new U-Haul, bring it up there, and then tow the old one out and everything, which I think they got back to me and said blew like the head gasket right there at the light. It just overheated and wasn't going nowhere. And Eddie comes out in the golf cart. He's like, what are you doing out here? It's like... I'm waiting on the call for the U-Haul. He's like, you don't have to worry. I got the call. I sent my driver to get the U-Haul. Unload the car, load your gear up, drive it in, they'll let you. I'm like, all right. Of course, my wife that night, she's like, maybe it's a sign you don't, you shouldn't race tonight. Maybe she just come home. I was like, no, I'm, they said I could drive the car in there. I'm good. And like I said, at the time, I didn't have a setup in that car. I had like no camber at all. You had, old, you had like stock wheels on yep, there still. Um, yep. I had uh, all aero race rims. Okay. It and everything. Yeah. I'm still learning, obviously. I don't know what setups and camber, how to adjust it and everything. It's like, figure I see everybody on dirt. Yeah, they have a little bit of lean to it, but you're mostly sliding. So it's yeah. just going to slide. And typical me being over competitive, I just have this competitive streak. It just, I tried to get too much out of the car. I tried to get more than it wanted to give and went through the heat race. Did, you know, all right, I'm like, all right, you know, I'm starting to get a little faster. At least I'm not watching the field drive away from me. I'm starting to keep up. And I saw myself catching somebody. I was like, all right hammer down a little bit here and hit that turn and hurt i thought somebody actually hit me i thought like i somebody was behind me and i'm like no oh, of all things to not really be happy about you're at the back of the pack ain't nobody called up yet nobody's back here and i was like the tire went and i saw the wall coming and i'm about 45 degrees into that thing and i don't know what made me think about it i just dumped the clutch and tried to spin it and let the back end take most of it well i didn't get it fully around yeah and it just kind of slung the front end in and 
control arm was bent. The rim gouged into the strut and everything. There's a big gouge in that. Both the uh, tie rods were just mangled and bent back, so had to get all new suspension parts and rebuild it in the backyard. I remember uh, leaving that night, and I think you were still down on the infield waiting on the U-Haul, and you got a damaged car, and I was just like, man, that, that stinks. I hate that when a new person comes out and they seem like they're into it and then they have a setback, a lot of times, and, and this shows to your character, a lot of times that'll be it. They'll just quit. Even if they have the means to keep going, that's it. They just they get discouraged and don't want to, to come out. And and I, I feel like, you know, like I just said, that, that shows a lot to your character. You went and fixed the car. I think you missed maybe one race. And yeah, you were like back one, out there. I was waiting on some parts to come in. They were supposed to show up a couple of days before and got delayed in shipping. We all yeah. know how that goes. Mm-hmm. So. Especially nowadays. But, but yeah, the late night out there, I, I towed with the two-wheel dolly, and this thing was massive. It used to haul mud trucks, so it has two platforms, and they are just wide enough for the tires to go on when they're straight. Well, now I got a mangled car. <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying to drive up. My wife was there, and she's trying to guide me on it. Every time I kept missing it, so I had to, like, floor it on one tire to pull it back over. I'm like, how am I going to get this up here? Yeah. Finally, I got it in there enough to put a ratchet strap around and pull the suspension straight, and then I was able to get it tied off and get it back home and everything. Goodness. And then I mean, it was that's, a rebuild. That, to me, was probably one of the most trying nights of, of anybody this year. And, and I feel like, it, maybe I'm wrong, uh, but I feel like it's just made you almost better. Like, you learned from that incident, got the car fixed, came back out, and, you know, like I mentioned at the top of the show, now you're one of the guys who's hitting the breakout. You know, you're, yeah. you're under 24 seconds. So um, I, I've seen you come from the new guy, getting the feel from it. You wrecked your car, you rebuilt it, you came back out. And um, it looks like you, you're up to speed already. So that yeah. that's that's quite impressive, if you ask me. Yeah, when I was uh, rebuilding it, I was having trouble with the control arm and everything lining up. I thought maybe I had the wrong control arm, so I actually uh, messaged uh, Dustin, and he's like, well, you don't live too far from where I'm working at. I'll swing by after work. Let me, you know, see what's going on. And, I mean, he was there probably 20, 30 minutes, and he had the control arm. I had it. When I did, it slipped and locked in the wrong way, so we couldn't get it back out. So he's sitting there banging on stuff. He's like, just beat it. You ain't going to hurt it. He's like, the wall would hurt it like you hit it, but you ain't going to hurt it to hit it with a hammer. And he got it all lined up in there, and then he's like, all right, put it all back together, and here's what else you're going to need. He's like, I can already tell you. We need to get the camber in here. We need to get the toe link set and everything. He's like, buy this stuff here. Let me know when it comes in. I'll swing by your house. He's like, then an hour, we'll have this car ready to go back on the track. Nice. And he literally came by, and I think it was like 30 minutes. We're pulling it up in the driveway where we have a concrete parking pad. And he's got the toe plates out, and he's telling me, hold it here, hold this here, let me mark this, and turn the wheel. He said it. He's like, all right, you're ready to get back out on the track. And I'm that, like. That's oh. pretty awesome. I mean, that's oh, yeah. that's one of your competitors who's yeah. coming to your house and helping you get your car back on track. That, to me, shows, you know, Dustin wants people out there to, to be racing him and, and yeah. to help keep the division alive. I know there's been some turmoil this year. Um, obviously, this being your first year racing, the rule, you know, it's Pretty much it is what it is for you because you didn't race beforehand. Yeah. Uh, I know that 24-second rule has caused some controversy, caused a few people to, you know, put the cars up for a while. Let me ask you, and, and be honest. You you can be honest without hurting anybody's feelings. What do you think of the rule? Do you think it's a good rule? Do you think it needs to be tweaked? What, what are your thoughts? I mean, I'm pretty much 50-50 on it. I mean, I think a racing, it's like, okay, 
we're supposed to go fast. We're supposed yeah. to go out there, and now we're getting penalized for going too fast. Yeah, that's, that's the counterintuitive part, yes. I look back at some of the Speedway video, and I've heard, you know, everybody saying about how, like, the same people were running up front, running away with everything, and I watch the videos, and I see how it went. I'm like, okay, so the rule's in place for this reason. Yeah. Supposed to, like you, um, I hear you say it a lot, it's supposed to be a beginner class, you know, get everybody into it. Do I really want right. to continue or, or this? Right, or entry level, you know, uh, I... Some people get mad at the the beginner thing. It, it is a great beginning place, but it's it's like that, uh, you know, it's, it's that working man's class is what it is. I figure like me starting out, you know, getting my feet wet. Hey, you, you know, something I, you know, really want to stick with, which so far I love it. I have a blast every time I'm out there. Yeah, when I break out and I hear it come over the radio, I'm like, oh, You're here not we go. There it. went my night. Well, yep. you know, I can still finish this. Other people might break out. I mean, one race, I think I broke out on lap two. I'm like, all right, I'll get a caution flag and get back in this. Nope, wire to wire, green flag. Here of I course. So, and then we had one night where like 80% of the field broke out. So, I mean, you just don't know. Oh, yeah. But, and I mean, you even see other drivers like Lindsay. She broke out yeah. and everything. It's like, all right, well, we got about 80% of this field breaking out now. And, you know. Some of them have been close. I've seen some of the lap times. I think one of mine was like a twenty three nine eight. That's like just barely even burping the throttle. Yeah. So, I mean, could there be a little tweak to it? I mean, I don't know what they would change. See, that that's where I am. I'd like to take, you know, I'd kind of like to take the average top lap speed of the winners throughout the season now that we have the, most of the timing and scoring yep. when, when it wants to freaking cooperate. Um I'd like to see him kind of take the average and kind of revisit what the number should be. I, I like the rule for the fact that, you know, you mentioned it last year, and this is not a knock on Stephen Wright, Dustin Hayden. Those guys were up front, went in pretty much two out of every three races oh, last year. they were year. flying. And they were flying. They, they nailed it, man. They worked on their stuff. They got it fast. So I understand why they are so frustrated mm. with, this, with this rule. But the whole idea was, we don't need everybody in the Bomber A division chasing the Joneses. You know, yeah. you should be able to get your car together and come race and not feel like you've got to go spend like a late model team to be competitive. Exactly. So, again, it's to keep this beginner level, you know, accessible class accessible to the masses because that's, that's what we want. We want people to have a start and feel like, well, I'm going to go spend some money, but I'm not going to have to spend, you know, super stock sportsman money to go Bomber racing. So that's the idea behind it. You're out driving and like you break out and then you're at the back of the pack. You're by yourself. It's like, well, cool. And then it's like running practice laps. Yeah. For me. And then it's like, you're up there in the mix and everybody's, you know, on edge. Like, am I going too fast? Am I going too slow? And we're running together. I mean, my, my driving, I mean, I had like, obviously you see, I had a horrible time getting the handle on that car at first. And Dustin kind of gave me some tips. A few people gave me some tips about backing up my entry and overdriving the corner and washing out. Now that I've done that to run side by side that close, it's just like that shoots the adrenaline up right now. Oh, I bet. When you got, you know, a guy next to you, somebody behind you, and somebody in front of you, it's almost like does it does it kind of feel like a mini Talladega, mini day oh, mini yeah. Daytona when you're out I mean, there? You feel that little bump draft going down the front stretch or the <laughs> back stretch and you kind of bounce off each other's doors. I mean, obviously we know like Dustin's fast and how many people he was been fast. And yeah. everybody talks about, you know, I heard like little things, they call him the breakout king. It's like, oh, yeah. we got a bomb ray race, Higdon's in it. Oh, yeah, there's a breakout. And it's like now I'm running up door to door with him. Matter the, fact, I think I traded a little paint with him in the last race and everything got in his door a little bit. And he's like, where'd you come from? I was like, oh, I was trying to chase you down. And that's the thing. Like, Dustin, he's broken out in, like, three different cars this year. Oh, yeah. So, and, and we're still seeing kind of the, the same names, you know, Eddie Evans, Dustin Higdon, CJ. They're still winning races. Oh, yeah. But it hasn't been just dominating, you know. 
Um, maybe it's a little artificial because like the top five, six, seven, eight cars are all together because we're trying not to break out. So it's like this, this kind of a rubber banding that's going on, which keeps it close. And, you know, the fans are just probably enjoying just watching all the cars cluster together because they know if something happens, it could get big. And let's be real. I know you don't want to wreck your car as being a racer, but, oh, no. you know, when there's action on the track, the fans, they love it. And you know this because you're a race fan. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've gone up into the stands in between races and everything, went up and see my wife and mother-in-law, and I hear the fans talking about it, and they're getting into it, and especially seeing, like, the kids jumping up and down and waving oh, yeah. the flags and everything. It's like... We go out there and have fun. Everybody's having fun. Run wheel to wheel with everybody. And it's like uh, me and my coworker always say, he always tells me when it's uh, Friday and we're leaving work, he's like, you're racing tomorrow. Remember the good rule. Bring your toys home in one piece and you get to play next weekend. If not, you might not get to. Uh, that's it. I mean, I bet you'd rather break out than wreck out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But no, like, like I said, it's, it's been fun watching the, the progress, um, you know, from when you started to now you're competitive. And if you could just, if you get a race to go your way, I feel like you've got a podium finish at least before the season's out. Um, tell us a little bit about the car. You said you got it from Eddie Evans. Yep. Um, do you know the history behind that car? Do you know who uh, was know driving bit, that car um, beforehand? Jim Snyder. Okay. It used to be yep. the old 81. I think it was yep. the track championship car like two years ago, 2021, yep. I believe. That's the car that I have. So you knew you were getting a pretty good piece when, when you got it. Yeah. And he's like, I'll tell you right now, it's fast. He's like, you got to learn to drive it, though. It's all going to come down to you being in the car and learning and logging laps and getting seat time. And that was my big thing at first. It's like, all right. Tried to make it out to a few of the open practices and everything. I was just going to, you know, rent the U-Haul in a day. Like, you know, I didn't even have a chance to win money if I would. Right. And it's like, I just wanted to get, get experience. And every time, Mother Nature, you know. Like you said, oh, she was brutal she at the beginning hates of the year. Racing or she just wants to be around. Well, that's what I can't figure out. It's like, is she raining every Saturday because she hates it or because she wants to see it? I can't, I can't figure her out. Saying, we got some storms going on now. No it's like, kidding. Get I'm, it, get it out of your system before the weekend. If if uh, there's weird cuts in this episode, we lost power because it's lightning's everywhere. But anyways, um, I just uh, I remember you know you, you mentioned you won the fifty fifty, and that didn't stick out to me until. You, you brought it back up because I've had so many people tell me, oh, I'm going to use this to buy a race car. Nobody ever does. So the fact that, that you did that and now you're on track, I remember the first message I got from you back before you started, I think you messaged me and, and you had a few questions to ask and you said, uh, I don't know if I'm going to come out this week because probably just be riding around. And I was like, come ride around, get out on the track, yeah. be out there because that's the best way to get seat time is to be out there in race conditions in that's what you did. I think a couple other people gave you the same advice. Yeah, they said, just come out. Yeah. If you're a back marker and everything, Who get cares? the seat time. Figure out what the car feels like and go from there. He's like, the speed will come once you get used to the car. And sure enough, that's exactly what's happened. So how, how do you feel at this point, you know, coming in as a very green rookie to this crazy season that we've had? How do you feel about y your season so far? I mean, like, it's, I started... I think my first race is like the end of April, so the season was already underway. So yeah. I haven't run all the points races. If but you would have told me I was going to start this year, and I think we have three points races left, and I'd be sitting, I think I'm 11th in points right now, I'd been like, no way. There's no way I'm going to be anywhere close to that. I'll probably be, you know, 20th, depending how many cars take points. I yeah. think there's like 27, 28 cars that took points this year. If you would have told me I was going to be in the top half of all the points for the season, I'd be like, not my first year. I mean, I got a lot to learn. I still learn every time I'm out there. And I think, even the ones that have done it for years, they still learn something every time they're out there. 
Oh, absolutely. Because the car's not going to be the same. Track conditions aren't going to be the same. Something's going to be, there's going to be the variables in there. And you got to adjust to the variables. I mean, that's, that's what's fun about racing to me. You're always learning something. You're always seeing something new, uh, something different, something exciting. Um, that's, that's what keeps me coming back. I mean, yeah. I've only been there announcing for seven years. It seems a lot longer than that, but it's only been since 2016. And I'm still learning while I'm up there. I learn uh, all the time. I'm more confident now. So I, I say some things that I, you know, maybe sometimes I would listen back. I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. But I'm always learning and always getting better. And I mean, so are you. So yeah. let, me, let me ask you, i got a couple of races left. You're, you will be racing this Saturday. Yeah, I'm going to. Uh, Mother Nature willing, of course. Hopefully. Be nice. Mm-hmm. Get it out Get it out now while you're yeah, we raining got, on we our podcast. we got like three days to clear this out, you know, figure right. it out. Rain all, rain all you want all week. I don't know what's going on. If you got a quarter midget thing on Sunday this week or anything, we but got, rain, uh, rain Sunday night, you we know. we got quarter midget Friday and then New Smarta Saturday. So preferably get all this out by Friday yeah. afternoon. Maybe. Yeah, really. Um so, as we've been talking about, pretty good season for you. You're going to be racing this weekend, racing the, the rest of the season. What's the, what's the future plans? What, what's the outlook for Joe Racine going forward? Oh, I, I want to come back next year. I mean, this year, I mean. I'm this was just, your learning year. Yeah, so. I'm just starting out. I mean, everything I do is out of my own pocket. It's like, go to work and get a paycheck, and you might be able to play this weekend. Right. Of course, obviously, you know, adult well, life. Good motivation to go to work. But. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to take the off season. I'm going to see, you know, maybe i um, been talking with um, my Uncle Brian here and there. He's um, the micro sprint champion up north. Okay. And he started out pretty much the same way. Bought a car that nobody wanted. Worked on it. Worked on it. Got the feel of it. Won a track championship. I think he actually won. He might have won both um, micro sprint championships in the same season. I know he won in both divisions. but And it's just, he kind of reminds me like Brandon Gaither. Dustin Higdon, put him in a car, they're going to wheel it. They're going to yeah. win. And yeah. it's like, he's like, all right, you know, you got this season going. You got a few races left. You know, you ran good. That's going to look good for possible sponsors. He's like, go out and see if you can, you know, kick up a couple sponsors, throw you a couple bucks and everything, buy a set of tires, help you out for the year. So I'm going to look at that option, but I'm definitely planning on coming back next year. Good. I'd like to run a full competitive season and just keep progressing and learning and figure if I finish 12th in points or I finish 7th in points. The goal next year, beat what I did this year. So the goal, you know, like you said, beat, beat what you did this year and run all the races. And I feel like if you're able to run all the races and you're, you know, you might have a breakout here or there, you might have a bad night here. Uh, but I feel like if you're able to run all the races, keep the car in one piece, you, you should make the top five yeah. and therefore, you know, be able to come to the banquet and stuff, which is pretty cool. You know, to me, I'm, I'm, if it were up to me, I'd like to see top 10 of the banquet, but uh, if you can make the top five and get to the banquet, that's quite the accomplishment, especially in the bomber class that runs at least twice a month. So, yeah. I mean, you guys are doing a lot of racing. It's, it's you know, a, an easier class to put on the schedule so you guys get more races, and that's a good thing for you because that's experience, uh, but it makes the season even more grueling. Um, how tough was this summer with the heat? Oh, I didn't know what to expect going in. I mean, you got the helmet, the fire suit, shoes, the gloves, and it's like... I work outside delivering patio furniture, so I'm out in the heat, and I will take any hot day while I'm delivering versus being in that fire suit. It's a completely different monster when you're in there. I mean, you can just be sitting on pit road staged for your heat race, and you're just, you can feel yourself just soaked like you fell in a swimming pool. So it's been an adjustment to get used to the heat, but, I mean, I've handled it. I've seen a lot of people be dehydrated and everything, oh, yeah. and it's like, whew, I mean, 
20 laps and everything. And I mean, I look back at the video from the Enduro. Them guys were running 100 laps in fire and it was warm that night. Yeah. Not as warm as the summer, but it was warm. And if you're doing 100 laps, you're going to be baking a little bit. So the heat was a little bit of adjustment. But, I mean, I got through it. I didn't yeah. pass out. I didn't wreck. Well, you powered wreck, through, and you, you probably ran your best during the summer, too. So yeah. I, guess I think that might be you. part of the breakout. It's like, all right, I got to get this thing off. I got to go. Yeah, right. Just get me out of here as quick as I can. I remember those uh, late model guys after the race in August or whatever it was and go and talk to third place, and he's just, like, falling on his car, drenched in sweat. And, I mean, it's Seeing guys crazy. going in the pitch just dumping bottles of water, I'm like, yeah. man, you don't want to dump ice cold water over when you're hot. You'll put your body in shock and really cause some damage. Yeah. But it's like they're just trying to cool down. I get it. I mean, everybody wants to cool off and everything. But. And, you know, after 100 laps, even after 25 laps, your brain might not be working 100%. With, you know, after everything you've just gone through trying to decompress after a race. So. Yeah, we run some practice laps. I mean, I've gotten comfortable with the car. It's like, all right, I don't have to go out and practice now. I can, And that's been my thing. It's like, all right, you know, I'm doing this out of pocket, so tires are expensive. Mm-hmm. Less laps you put on them, the longer they're going to last. And wrecking out in practice doesn't get you yeah, anything. You got to make it to the feature. Either. So, I mean, even 25 bucks at the end of the night is better than not getting anything Man, for pushing it too hard in practice. Hey, that's that's uh, money to go that, play uh, next week. That's right. That's your gate fee for next week yeah. coming back. So, um, But, no, like like I said, it's, it's been really cool seeing your, your story develop. You know, a guy who won the 50-50, committed, got the race car, got to the track. To, in my opinion, that was a win for you just coming, you know, from where you came from. Yeah. Uh, but to see you, you, you know, get faster and start running competitively, um, now we just need things to start breaking your way, which I, I feel like it's coming. I mean, I think your expectations were where they should have been for this year, and now everything else is, is going to be a bonus. So what race are you most looking forward to the rest of 2023? I think um, as long as I can make it out, I think the Governor's Cup weekend is just a massive weekend. Yeah. I seen. I didn't get to it last year. I've seen the videos from it, and you got the two days of racing. I might not be able to make it out for the Saturday one. I think we run on Sunday. Sunday, yeah. But it's like looking at that, and it's like I think got, what, 200 lap late model race that day? Yeah, and there'll be, you know, 15, 25 really good racers here. And hopefully uh, the crowd sportsmen. will stick around and everything. It's like a lot of, like, bumping up the start time. I've noticed some more people stick around and everything. Certain yeah. people come out to watch certain divisions. I mean, yeah. And people are, some people are just going to leave at 9.30 because that's the time they set. But um, well, well, they got kids that got to go home. they got some kind of sports practice the next day or something church, since it's the weekend. Whatever it may be. Um, but, no, I mean, that's, that's a good segue. Um, I take it you like the new starting time, starting the heats at 6 and features at 7.30? Yeah, I mean, it works for me. I know some people, you know, there are some people I know that I've heard and seen comments on uh, Facebook and everything. They work on Saturday, so it's a yeah. little harder for them to make it. They can, they can't, depending. But, I mean... It's one of them things you don't know. It's like you can do the right thing, but then it's going to be wrong to someone. I mean, when you have, we're talking on average, let's say 45 to 50 people racing a weekend, you can't cater to one and you can't cater to all. Yeah. So sometimes you just have to make what you feel is the best move for the majority and hope it works. And I feel like the, um, the early bird start, I feel like it helps a lot of people. Um, you know, it helps me to get home a little bit earlier. Um, it helps. The biggest thing for me, being the announcer and watching, you know, we don't always, we're not always the biggest crowd. But when I see people come 10 o'clock, start leaving, and we haven't even run, like, the third feature, I'm like, these people aren't getting their money's worth. Man. And that, to me, as a fan, if I was in their shoes, I wouldn't want to keep coming back. 
It's like, we got to make sure that people are able to stick around and see more racing. Even if they can't see it all because they got commitments, I want to be able to, to, to have people get the most for their buck. And I feel the same way for the racers because, you know, let's be honest, you guys are spending more than you're making, for right. sure. Because this, this, at our level, again, this is a hobby. Um, and, and I think that's why right now the biggest thing I don't like is not being able to do the top three because I feel like that is an opportunity for the drivers to speak to the fans, to get a shout-out to their sponsors when they're not racing for much. So um, hopefully that's something that, that comes back, a little tangent there. but uh, Trying different things here and there, see what sticks, see what works. Yep. And, and again, we, we don't want the shows to, to drag on. We don't want to be there till midnight every week. We want to kind of be done between... 9.30 and 10.30, that's kind of the sweet spot. So I Unless think Mother Nature dictates midway. Well, like and we then... Were, we were talking earlier, the one night, I think we ran our feature, we were last, and I like think midnight. I got out and checked the phone, it was like 12.56 yeah. at night. I was like, whew, I got to get up tomorrow morning. Sometimes and, you just got to buckle in and r- flow with the punches. Yeah. And, you know, living where we do and racing in the summer, that's just But, I mean, perks to the speedway. Yeah. Not calling it and saying, hey, guys, it's going to be too late. We're not just not going to put you out there. I mean... We've had, what, start raining the end of practice before mm-hmm. heats. And it's like, all right, we get people in their personal cars get out there. We run the track in. Yeah. Most tracks would have been like, all right, it's raining. Everybody go home. We're not running. And it's such a tough call. I mean, once you commit to racing, you've committed to X amount of dollars at the payout. And if it's the weather's been bad, you're not going to get a big amount of people coming in uh, through the front gate. So it's 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 risky business. Or some people look at the radar or the forecast, or the hourly forecast at a racers. It's like, man, am I going to spend don't the money out. to go yeah. tow all the way over there just to go home? It's a double-edged sword. You know, you tow out there and then it cancels. Everybody's mad. You cancel early and then it doesn't rain. Everybody's mad. You just, again, you just kind of got to pick a thing and go yeah. with it and hope it works. So. And I think this year it's been like me. It's like race weekend's over. It's like, all right, when's the next one? Yeah. And then it's like I'm sitting there waiting and waiting and I th- even back when I was just attending races, even younger, it's like, I'm that guy that'll literally stay there till security says, hey, man, you got to go. We closed like an hour ago. What are you still doing roaming around? It's like, well, I figure maybe we get it restarted or something. No, 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 not tonight. <laughs> I've, I've, I've been I've never been, two in the morning. I've never been the kind to show up at start time and leave as soon as it's over. I mean, there have been nights where I have things I have to do, so I've had to zip out of there. But I'm usually there, usually go have a beer, maybe two, hang out for a little bit. Um you know, I, I can't stay out all night now with the baby, but, you know, I still like to hang around. I like to, to talk to a few people afterwards, and I just enjoy being there, man. I mean, I, I work all week excited to go to the races, and, and I've been doing this long enough to where um, sometimes I feel a little jaded, but then there are, are those nights where you go to the racetrack, and it's like, oh, this is why I'm still doing this. So I'm hoping that years and years later, if, if everything lines up to where you can still do this, I, I hope that you feel that way, too, and and we'll continue to race in some capacity, if not full-time, or at least still be around. Because oh, yeah. in my in my opinion, you've been a very pleasant addition to our pits this year. Like I said, I'd like to run every race, but you never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, could get tangled up in a wreck or, you know, blow a tire again. Got to rebuild the car, miss a race or two. But I'm going to yeah. try and make whatever race I can. And if it's not everyone, if, you know, I try for sponsorship and get turned down, I'll keep trying. Yeah. I'm well, going to try and get out there whatever race I can get out there. It's a numbers game, you yeah. know, just... And knock on some doors, you know, uh, just, you know, it's like what we talked about with JR last week. You just got to keep, keep trying. Don't get discouraged. You're going to hear probably more no's than yes's, but Hey, if you can get somebody's name on the car and get one or two on there and help you, you know, with some travel fees, a couple tires and everything that could make your season right there. Absolutely. And 
the way it's been going, I mean, if anybody's listening to this and wants to put their name on a good car, get with Joe. I'm sure he can yeah, work definitely. out a deal with you. Yeah, message me. We'll uh, work something out. So let me ask you another question here, and this will, this is kind of a, a random one, but let's say money is no object. Um, of the divisions that we race, if you could just pick a class to race, which one would you go for? Oh, that is a tough question. Yeah. I mean, got like 13 now. The, so. the top echelons, your super lates, pro lates and everything. Yeah. Or I even refer to them like baby NASCARs. They look like them and everything. Yeah, no kidding. They're, they race like them now, too. I, so love the, I love the modified divisions, even like up to the 602 tour mods. Mm-hmm. I remember being at the World Series with them, and they were running around, and I didn't have, I'd never go racing where, like, earplugs or anything they're screaming around there afterwards I'm, my they're ears so are ringing loud. i thought i was dead I'm pounders, like, man. i love that i mean i think i lean more toward like the super stock division i love like the monte carlo bodies Me i too. always have i mean i grew up around um v8 thunder cars they called them up north on dirt which was all your like g bodies your monte carlos there's a guy up there that even had an El Camino dirt car, which was just random. And I was like, I want to be that guy. I want to be badass. the guy that drives something different. I've seen station wagons on dirt yeah. and just had the sail panels uh, with sheet metal closing in all the windows. And I'm like, if you can get one and it meets the specs, why not? Drive it. Yeah, we had uh, Shane Satoris driving a station wagon in the bomber class for a while back in 2015, 2016, something like that. That was pretty cool. But, I mean, I like the... Uh, I like the Monte Carlos and everything. I mean, I think with me, it's just like it's always been the dream, and now it's kind of reality. Yeah. So it's still, I mean, to this day, it's still sitting in. It's like, holy crap, I walk out back. I see the car sitting covered out back. It's like. Is it race day yet? Like, yeah. Is it, is it time to go yet? No. Oh, crap. A couple more to days. It's only Thursday. Oh, crap. It's an off week this week. Never yeah. mind. All right. We'll try again next week. But, I mean, I'm just out there having fun. Man, and that that's what I like to hear. I mean. So many people, like I said, if you've been doing this long enough, it's easy to get jaded. Oh, yeah, I just run my car. It's frustrating because my season's not going well. But to hear you in, in that refreshing, like, man, there's my car. I can't wait. Oh, it's an off weekend. Oh, I'm even more jazzed to, to go racing. And that, to me, that's how it should be, you know. I mean, I've seen people go out and, you know, they've wanted to race. They wanted to race. They win one race. They get the trophy. All right, I'm done. It's like, okay, yeah, I want a trophy at the end. I want something that literally I can look at and be like, I did this. When yeah, everybody then, said then you should want it, more, you don't want to do it. It can't be done. And it's like, um, I think I talked to you a little bit. I had a real bad uh, car accident in 2007. Mm-hmm. I was in a wheelchair. You talk about the dream going south for the winter right then and there. Yeah. And they're telling me, you got about a 10% chance you'll ever walk again. I got rear-ended by a dump truck and car. Uh, my truck rolled down an embankment, got pushed off the road. And I woke up in the hospital. I'm like, what? what's going on? And like, and then I'm like, okay, I'm strapped down. That's why I can't move, right? And they're like, what do you mean? We don't have straps on you. I said, uh, I feel boy. like I can't move. And they're like, you know, going through the whole spectrum, wiggle your toe. Okay. I, and my brain's registering. Okay. You know, okay, yeah, I'm good. Nothing's happening. They're like, well, we're waiting. It's like, I, I am. They're like, uh, all right. You know, and then they did all the tests and come back and found out my, uh, three of my vertebrae were compressed on each other and just pinched off everything. I chest down. Could barely, I didn't have no motion in my arms. About all I could do, if somebody put a straw there, I could drink and I could eat as long as somebody fed me and put my a straw God. there. So I could still swallow, but, I mean, 53 months. And I walked out of the rehab and walked out of the doctors, cleared to go back to work. It was a hard fight. Probably one of the hardest ones. I mean, there were so many times there, it's like, this isn't an option. I'm too active. I can't be in a wheelchair the rest of my life. I was like, 
you know, helping my grandmother and everything. It's like, now I go back, it's almost like roles are reversed. It's like, you know, yeah, I'm, you know, your grandson, son, I called her mom too and everything. And it's like, here you are having to bathe me and feed me. It's like, it's like I did a complete reverse in life. It's like, this isn't an option. I got to get out of this. And thankfully from what the doctor said at the time I was young, I didn't stop growing yet. And slowly my spine separated itself. I never had to have a surgery. Wow. Never had to have any plates, pins, or anything. It just all naturally came back. It's not where it should be, but it's there. Well, if that story doesn't make you appreciate every lap or that you're able to race or every lap you're able to go watch, I mean, I don't know what will. I mean, that's that's pretty incredible. I mean, that could have that could have been your story. Yeah, but that, now that could have been it right there. Here you are on, on this show. And out there racing at New Smyrna, one of the most pre- uh, prestigious short tracks in the right. South. I mean, when you look at it's pretty all awesome. the drivers that have drove that track, that's one thing I look back at the history. Yeah. Like, you know, oh for sure, you have all the NASCAR drivers all the way back. Um, I know my wife's a huge uh, Davy Allison fan, back in the day, and it's like Davy Allison drove that track, and I'm driving the same track that all these like NASCAR legends have. And it's just yeah, like Dick Trickle, Mark like Martin, Martin just name a few. And yeah. I mean, even look, even this year, I. Look, I know our track's not perfect, and, you know, each weekend's not perfect, but, I mean, look at the names that still come down, especially for speed. William Byron. Yeah. Just won. I was there the night William Byron won. Yeah. just he, He's won at Speed Weeks the last couple of years. Just won at Texas, which we'll talk about here in a minute. Um, I don't know. That's that's pretty special to me. Um, in, in my position, all the people that I've been able to talk to through the years, um, you know, Harrison Burton, um, Chandler Smith won, or uh, sorry, Sammy Smith won the Governor's Cup last time we got to race it, and he's in Xfinity now winning races. I mean, you know, and to say you've, for you, you've been able to race at a track, and I don't know, it'd, it'd be pretty cool to line up next to Dustin Higdon and say you've traded paint one of the best bomber, bomber drivers in the world, too. Yeah, I so, think I he mean, actually has a, my uh, tire mark on there because uh, the last good. race there and everything, our Glad last somebody's one, giving him tire marks. Um, I broke a belt in the sidewall. And I drove the whole feature with a bubble in there about the size oh, of a tennis ball, and it's literally coming off the rim, and it's holding air. And I didn't know it at the time. I'm in the car. I can't see what's going on right. outside. So all of a sudden, it starts vibrating. I'm like, oh, what did I break now? <laughs> it's, it's always like, something. I'm, like, getting up there, and I kind of slide up. I kind of touch with Eddie a little bit. And I think either him or Dustin, when I got inside him, that's when it um, broke the belt in the side because the handling just went south. It just started vibrating. I'm like, my wheel loose? What's going on? And I was like, and I got in my head, that's my competitive edge. I was like, I'm not slowing down. If the wheel comes off this thing, it comes off. <laughs> I was like, I got a race to finish here. That's awesome. And I got back to the pits, and I get out, and I look to the side. There's this huge bubble. I'm like, okay, well, that's weird. And everybody gets out, doesn't talking to me and everything. I'm like, that's not normal. He's like, no, that's you're going to need a new tire before the next race. And sure I, enough. Uh, <laughs> got a couple bucks together, and found tire online and it could ship in and it's sitting on my front porch uh, waiting to go on the rim there you go that'll come in handy saturday yeah um real quick what's the what's been the best moment this year for you i think just even though i didn't run good i was a back marker the first time i pulled on the track just That's going, always a special going moment. into the track pulling in the pits unloading the car getting ready not knowing what to expect just looking out it's like just like the dream's there you're achieving and then, it and like you said as i got you know I mean, I went out the first night, and we had, you know, a couple people, um, mechanical issues and everything. I came out with the top ten my first night. There you go. I'm like, it counts, man. That? I that, mean, that's a stat. That broke. counts. I mean, it counts. Like, it's like football game. If you win by a point, it's still considered a win. I'm like, top ten my first night? Okay. That's it, man. Okay, so what? I finished 13th, 15th the next couple races and everything, go into the wall and everything, and then I'm up running, and 
think the other highlight was hitting the good pill and the pool for once and everything. And starting on the pole, it's like different. It's rush like there. this is kind of cool. It's like I'm not staring at the back of anybody's cars, and then it's like, <laughs> oh, I got all these hungry fast guys behind me and everything, and I, I go. know, and I know Eddie's behind me. I know I'm getting a bumper down the front straight away and everything. It's like, all right, just don't shun me too hard. I don't like you said uh, being sideways. I don't want to be sent across the street to subway. I want to make that turn. I don't want to wad it up because you see it all the time. Like I told myself when I first come out, I was like, get used to the car, try and go fast. But don't be that guy that runs over the field. Don't be the guy that goes out there. We start 15 cars, and you're up, you know, starting fourth, and you lose it in first turn and take out, like, six people. You don't want to be that guy. No, I don't want to be that guy. Cause I've seen, and you haven't been that no, guy. No, I've seen so. guys start out, and they literally wreck the field to get a top five. I don't even have a top five yet. I'm, I'm okay with that. I sh- probably should have had I not broke out. There was a couple of opp- missed opportunities. Or not but... heard the wrong number. And, yeah, yeah. You know, that, that was the bonehead move of the race there. I'm still waiting on my trophy on that one. Right. <laughs> I figure that's uh, one of the bonehead moments of the year for there. But yeah, it's a candidate for sure. That's definitely <laughs> been fun, like I said. But I think the moment that sticks out the most is just like the first time I pulled out in the track for practice. It's like, holy crap, it's actually happening. That's awesome. That's the kind of stuff I like to hear. I'm, you know... <laughs> I post, uh, I'm not a big Kyle Busch or Kyle Larson fan, and I post when they wreck because it stirs people up, and people are like, oh, you don't like winners. Eh, it's not that I don't, it's not that I dislike winners, man. I'm, I'm a fan of the underdog, yeah. so I, I like <laughs> stories like that. So, you know, call me what you will. But well, it's like that's you said in the I comment when Larson spun out. I mean, I root for Larson. I mean, I watched him race on he's a great. He's a great and driver. you said, it's Holy like, crap, he's he'll amazing. will anything. Yeah. And, he, and you put and him he in does well. and he's there. But you don't necessarily have to I'm root for him. I'm just not, I He's after 2020 when he was winning everything every week, it just kind of became monotonous and boring to me. It's like, okay, wow, yeah, you can do this. You're in a good car now. I thought what he did in Ganassi was more impressive than what he's doing at Hendrick because Hendrick is, if you can't succeed, right there, right? If you can't succeed at Hendrick, then I question your capabilities. Um, so we know he's good. Um, and I'm not hating on him. I'm just, I'm picking. I'm, I, I, you know, I like to put stuff out there and let people talk. So what fun would um, any sport be if we all rooted for the same team or the same it. people? That's it. It's like, I made my life off of like, okay, all my friends and family, like these teams, I'm going to pick somebody different. Like I, no problem. In it. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan in football. No, oh, man. Everybody tough hates weekend. the Cowboys. Tough I'm weekend. like, all right, you know, I what? like the Cowboys. My dad's a big Cowboys fan. I so. said, everybody hates the Cowboys. Guess who I'm rooting for back in the day. Like all my friends. Dale Earnhardt Sr., Dale Earnhardt Jr. fans. Mm-hmm. Everybody hates Steph Gordon. Well, I know who I'm yeah. rooting for now. Yep. I was never a big Dale Jr. fan because everybody liked him. That's that's it. I think he's great. I love him on commentary. I so. cheered for Danica Patrick just because everybody was putting her right. down. Like, I, I cheered for Bubba because, I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't let politics uh, drive what I like. and who I, I met Bubba Wallace at New Smyrna back in 2015 before I started working there. He was at a, uh, there was a K&N race. And he was just there walking around as a fan, he and Ryan Blaney. And Bubba Wallace plays drums. I play drums. I've seen him play drums on uh, YouTube or whatever. So I went up to him, and I'm like, dude, keep the videos coming. You're a badass drummer. And that's what we talked about. And we talked. Like, he didn't know who I was. Bubba was just a, you know, he's an up-and-coming guy. But um, we, we talked about drums. So I'm like, wow, this dude is real. And that's why I'm a Bubba Wallace fan. And, you know. Everyone likes to hate him because, you know, he, he might have a different view on some things than other people, but, yeah, so be it. I mean, you're not going to have friends that, like, you know, bash you and everything, and you don't have nothing in common. You don't want, you know, something to talk about, like, you know, 
Some people like fishing. You get a group of guys together, go fishing for the day. Some people like golf, go golfing for the day. Right. Get and, a group and, of guys together, go to the race. Right. And you'll probably have similarities and differences with those guys, too. Yeah, so. exactly. It's all It's, it's like, all oh, relative. you use that rod and reel, that's not a good setup, and then you catch more fish than them. Like, there whatever. you go. Well, real quick, before we get to take our first commercial break here, um, since we have you in here, we've been telling your story. Um, I'm sure you have plenty of people that you want to give a shout-out to, um, people to thank. I'm going to give you the floor for that. Oh, yeah. well, first off, you know, God watching over me through all the health issues. I mean, I know I touched on the accident. Um, one thing I'll just throw out there real quick. Like, coming up uh, October three years ago, I ended up in Halifax Hospital, had a heart attack. Heart issues running my family, but mm. I didn't expect it at 36 years old. Yeah. But, I mean, it is what it is. And like you said, every day is not guaranteed. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I could go to sleep tonight, you know, Lord willing, I'll wake up tomorrow and everything and... Um, big shout out to him, you know, watching over me, a couple guardian angels up there, my grandparents and everything. I know I got my wife's uh, grandma up there. She's uh, probably up there cussing me out or whatever sometimes and everything. But uh, of course, my wife and everything. Um, we just got married a little over a year ago. Uh, awesome. And bought the race car this year. And I, she wasn't, I don't think, too keen on it at first. <laughs> I'm sure. But, I mean, she's watched racing. She hasn't been really races, but now she comes out every night. She's biggest supporter, right? Yeah. That's I mean, how it should be. I don't know how many fans I have in the stands, but on any given week, I know I can look up and, you know, I got my wife up there, my mother-in-law. Um, I know Jack does a lot for cancer. My wife had a little bit of a cancer scare years ago before I met her. My mother-in-law is three-time cancer survivor. So she comes out and watches the races, even like after some of her surgeries, she'll be out there and everything, bandages and stuff. And she comes out and supports me and everything. Awesome. So I know on any given night I can look up. I know I got two people cheering for me, and that's good enough for me. So hey, that's 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 all you need, man. If you've got some kind of support and they're the closest people to you, then let everything else be a bonus. Yeah, I got um I got family up north of Pennsylvania. I got uh, family down here. My mom and stepdad down here. They uh catch up with uh, Tom and Speedway video see how I did, you know, they can see me post about how I did, but then they can actually watch it, yeah. and they're like, well, it's a great we asset went too we fast, so I got my sister, my nephews, brother-in-law, a lot of my family's up north in Pennsylvania, I have a couple friends I still stay in contact with in Tennessee, they're like, holy crap, you're actually doing this? I mean, we were at the dirt tracks in Tennessee, Pennsylvania, and they're like, you're actually doing it, you always said you were going to, and we're like, when? Well, here it is, time. and they can watch you every week now. So. Well, again, Thank you for coming down here. I know you made a long trek out there or out here to be on the show and telling us your story. We, we, we see you out there. It's, hard, it's impossible to miss your car. Yeah. You know, things awesome looking. Uh, but now we get to know a little bit about you. So um, I hope you can stick around for the next segment. We're going to recap uh, the action from New Smyrna, which I believe you said you, you watched some of yeah, on I Speedway catch, videos. I, um, so. I always catch up on Speedway video if I can't make it out the weekend because uh, on my off weeks I'm working and then – we're uh, remodeling our house together oh, and yeah. everything, and we're doing all the work ourselves. So my wife said, you give me time with the house, then you can have your time to go play and everything. I'm like, all right, that's there a There you go, trade nice trade-off. So. so, All right, Joe's going to join us on the next segment. We're going to take our first commercial break. We'll recap New Smyrna from last weekend on the other side. Hey, everyone. We're going to take a few moments here and thank some of our great sponsors with the Racing with Ryan podcast, and we're excited to welcome in a brand-new sponsor because we know – it costs a lot of money to get to the track these days, whether it be your pit passes, your tires, your fuel, the parts you had to order just to get the car fixed. We know it's expensive, so we welcome on board the sponsorshipseminar.com. Now, we just had JR Longley on the show just a couple episodes ago. We got to learn all about JR and his expertise on the sponsorship side of things, and that's where the seminar 
comes in handy. So visit thesponsorshipseminar.com. It's only $99, and you can watch the seminar. Heck, get your whole team together. Get your friends together. Have everybody pitch in, watch the seminar, and learn these new ways and strategies to help you reach out and get those local sponsorships on your car to help lessen the economic impacts of our racing hobby that we love so much. Again, that is the sponsorshipseminar.com with J.R. Longley. You'll learn ways and strategies on how to reach out and find those hard-to-find sponsors. And you'll also learn how you can give back to them that'll hopefully create long-lasting relationships for years and years to come. Once again, that is the Sponsorship Seminar with J.R. Longley. We invite you to check out the sponsorshipseminar.com to see all that they have to offer. You can click through, you can watch the little preview video, and you can order the seminar where you'll get 36 hours of replay access. So you can watch it once, you can watch it a bunch of times in 36 hours, you can watch it by yourself. And then, like I said, invite everybody over to the garage to work on the car and watch the seminar at the same time. JR has over 40 years of sponsorship knowledge, and it's all available online for you at your fingertips for the first time. Once again, that is the sponsorshipseminar.com. We would also like to thank American Auto Tires in Service, located at 1523 South Dixie Freeway in New Smyrna Beach, Florida. You can give them a call at 386-428-1941. Of course, that is EJ's company. And if you need anything done, tires, service, you name it, they have you covered. So make sure you stop into American Auto. Or, of course, you can always get with EJ if you're at New Smyrna. Uh, he, you can find him pretty easily in the tire room or driving the pace car. They have all kinds of great deals. Um, look, I'm in the market for some tires. I'm going to be stopping in there in the next couple of months and getting my tires down there because I wouldn't trust anybody else because I know EJ is going to take care of us. They offer everything from free visual AC checks, tires, maintenance, repairs, any kind of service you need. They even have wheels. So American Auto Tires and Service, your one-stop shop in the New Smyrna area for anything that you need done. So make sure you check them out again. 1523 South Dixie Freeway in New Smyrna, New Smyrna Beach, 386-428-1941. Stop in and see your friends at American Auto. We also thank DeBerry Paint and Body for coming on board as a sponsor. Uh, of course, that is the two Manellos. So let's just say you get into a little bit of a fender bender and you don't want to go through your insurance because you know they're probably going to hike up your rates and you're going to pay for a deductible and you're still going to have to pay for all this stuff. Make sure you check out DeBerry Paint and Body because they will go ahead and handle that for you. If you got a scuffed up fender, if you got some dents in a bumper, if you got a door that needs replaced, DeBerry Paint and Body will take care of all of that. Um, they are open until about 6 o'clock each day. And you can get in touch with them by giving them a call at 386-320-0267. And they're located at 400 Chairman Court, Suite 200 in DeBerry, Florida, 32713. And again, their hours are typically 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. on the weekdays and 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Saturdays because, you know, they got to get out to the racetrack and whatnot. So uh, if you need any body work done, paint, body, whatever you need, Make sure you check out DeBerry Paint and Body. We also thank Bromley Motorsports for coming on board as a sponsor here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. Of course, you can primarily find the Bromleys running at New Smyrna Speedway. They have a couple of Bomber Bs, the six machines out there for Bromley Motorsports, and they have some pro trucks that they run occasionally as well. 
Sometimes you can find them out at the dirt tracks having a little bit of fun as well. But we appreciate Bromley Motorsports for coming on board to support the show. So make sure you check them out next time you're at the New Smyrna Speedway. We also thank Jeff White Racing for coming back on board as a sponsor here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. Of course, Jeff White Racing can be found bouncing between the Auburndale Speedway and the New Smyrna Speedway. Jeffrey White, driver of the 41 EMOD slash AMOD, has been one of the dominant forces. So if you're looking to get on board with a good racing team, make sure you check out Jeff White Racing and check them out at the Bull Ring at Auburndale and the big track over at the New Smyrna Speedway. We thank them for coming back on board and supporting the show. And again, if you'd like to come on board and become a sponsor or supporter of the show, we only charge $5 an episode, and you can do as many or as little episodes as you like. One episode, 100 episodes, you could do a season. It's completely up to you. You can sponsor a division. Whatever you'd like to do, we are open. Um, Just message us here on the Racing with Ryan Facebook page or give us a call or text us at 321-356-2934, and we'll be happy to work with you. Thank you again to all of our sponsors and supporters. Now enjoy the rest of the show. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Racing with Ryan podcast. Again, we have Joe Racine in studio with us. He is going to join us to go over what went down at New Smyrna Speedway, and that is our focal point for the racing action here in Central Florida. Um, I don't know, man. In, in my opinion, pretty darn good weekend. The modifieds over the past couple of years have been a struggle to get even a decent car count. And the track, of course, this year brought the the six-pack challenge series. And I feel like that's helped. I know, you know, we had 11 cars on, on property, which isn't a huge field, but Last year, I think it was like six, seven, eight cars on average. I've so, seen videos from last year. It was like five, five started to feature. Six yeah. Cars. So like, okay. for us to have double digits for a majority of these races is definitely a step in the right direction. And I heard from one of the racers, Shane Held, and he's like, it's good to see some other cars back. So I think this six-pack series, yes, the trade-off is there's less races, but I think they've gone with the, the less is more approach, and I, I feel like it's working. And we had some guys from down south come up, and hopefully we can get one of these races in where the Modified and Mayhem aren't having to reschedule a race as well, and we can all kind of come together. I think Governor's Cup for the Modifieds is going to be a, a solid field. So oh, I think good weather. That that whole that, weekend that is just going to yeah. be awesome. That's what I'm hoping for, just good yeah, weather all here. around for everybody. Oh, every, every race weekend, it's like I'm not even racing. It's like I don't wish rain on any race day because I know no. everybody wants to go out and do their thing. Of course. And, and I don't wish ill on any other racetrack. I no. think I, I think this year, you know, there have been good nights and bad nights at every track. But this week especially, I, I saw good car counts all the way around. Yeah. So I, I think a lot of the car count deal, like, like you mentioned, good weather helps because everybody's more apt to get out there and go somewhere. So, again, we did have 10 cars show up. And really – you know, these modified races, they get kind of strung out. The last one one we had was kind of meh. This one was pretty good. Shane Held got the early lead. Uh, he hit the invert. He led the first few laps. And uh, this was, in my opinion, um, even before the race started, and in my head, I don't like to say this stuff over the PA, but I'm like, this is Jerry's race to lose. He was probably the cream of the crop. With Jason Lester not showing up, which was a surprise. Yes. I was told he was going to be there, but his plans changed. He was not there. So... Uh, this was Jerry's race to lose. Uh, hadn't won a race yet this year. And been close. He's been close, yeah. He was second, and, and he and Lester kind of, that's, that's why I was kind of sad Lester wasn't there. He and Lester kind of had this little rivalry going, especially with what Jerry said after speed weeks when he got himself in trouble, uh, which I will not repeat. Um, but, you know, this was Jerry's race to lose. He was able to track down Shane Held. 
he got to the lead. And once Jerry got to the lead, he kind of took off and, and ran away and hid from everybody. But the battle from second to about fifth was really, really good um, between right. Dalton Nelson, Jimmy Frazier, Shane Held, Greg Crom. Those guys, really, it was, it was fun to watch. I was I seen like video. I didn't make it out because, like I said, we have the house projects going on. But I yeah. would catch up with the video, and I'm watching the video, and I'm like, man, they were so close. You could maybe fit a piece of paper between maybe. their wheels, and it's like, man, are they going to jump a wheel? Or are they just going to pile it up in the corner? And they all made it through. It's just good tight racing. Yeah, and the the only big incident in the event um, occurred when Jimmy Frazier caught the lap machine of Brian Gaten, who. Brian Gaten, uh, he knows this whole season has been about learning this car. He jumped up from the Bomber A division and is now running the Modifieds. That's a huge jump. So he knows, and he's told me, he's like, look, we're not out here to set the world on fire. I'm just learning. I'm getting seat time. So whatever happens, I'm probably going to be laps down. I don't care. Uh, I want to run well, but it is what it is. And he's out there doing his thing. It will come Jim- in time, like you said, the experience. Yeah, and he, he even told me, he's like, the, the car that he ultimately wrecked, or the car that got wrecked this weekend – He's like, well, that one's done. I guess I'll be bringing my new one out sooner than I thought. So I guess he has other plans in the works. But um, he was out there running his thing. He was a couple laps down. Jimmy Frazier caught him off turn number two. And uh, you, you've seen the video. And the video is framed up on the battle between Alan Bruns and uh, Ricky Moxley at the time. So you don't see the initial contact. Um, I happen to look up just at the right time. And you hear my commentary. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. Jimmy caught him and just kind of caught him in a bad spot. And instead of being patient and finding a way around him, Jimmy hit him, backed off, and then finished him off. Now, in Jimmy's defense, lap car was kind of in the middle of the track, and they they tangled. Um, Jimmy didn't want to wreck him, but he wanted him out of his way. And unfortunately, when he got him out of his way, it turned Brian Gaten down to the inside of the racetrack. And at that point, it was just going to be a little single-car spin. But as Gaten's getting spun around, Ricky Moxley, who is framed up in the video... Uh, he gets on the binders and Alan Bruns just goes over him and both cars spin and just destroy Ricky's car and destroy Brian's Gaten's car. Alan's able to continue. And I I don't know if you agree as a racer, you you might have a, a, a different take on this, but I feel like with Alan focused on battling Ricky Moxley and not being able to see through the car in front of him, he did not know that a car had spun. Maybe didn't hear the spotter. I don't know as far as the communications go, but it seemed like Alan didn't know that something had happened. Ricky checked up and got run over. Oh, yeah. I've seen it already, like, being there and everything. Like, slow down. It's like, all of a sudden, it's like I'm in somebody's back bumper. And yeah. It's like, or somebody's... Because not like, everybody I slow down, slows somebody's at the same in time. Man, it's like, I mean, you can't see, you know, don't have x-ray vision. You can't see through it. If you can see it, you can see it. If not, it it happens. I mean, that was definitely tough. I, You know, we're, we're slowly gaining the car count back with the modifieds. You hate to see any of them get torn up. The good news is... Like I said, it sounds like Brian Gaten's got some other uh, plans in the works. Uh, hopefully, we'll see him at Governor's Cup. But Ricky Moxley, who didn't get to finish the race, he already let me know that he'll be back for Governor's Cup. There so, um, And Alan, of course, is able to finish the race, so I'm sure we'll see him. Yeah, you don't want to see cars get torn up because no. then the car count drops. Right, and, and it's harder these days, as you know, even if you, can, if you, even if you have the means to get the parts, they don't always get to you on Man. time. So it's harder to get a car back together than it was back in the day, per se. Um, that was the big incident in the race. We had great racing from second on back. Jerry Simons, of course, got out in front, was able to hold on on the restart. He got his first win of the year. Dalton Nelson uh, out of Pinellas Park. He only gets to run here once, maybe twice a year. And, uh, you know, they finally got a motor that is competitive here at New Smyrna. A lot of these cars, they don't have to have the big motors to run the smaller tracks yeah. for obvious reason. Um, but they came out 
and made the most of their night, qualified second, finished second. So it was a good run for him. And then Jimmy Frazier was able to recover. And now he said in his interview, his motors got a little less horsepower. So he'll be less effective down the straightaways, but maybe a little bit better in the corners, which uh, can kind of balance things out. And um, he's got the help of Chad Pierce and those guys. So he was able to finish third. Greg Crom, who that car is fast, that that uh, blue and green machine. Yep. They just got to find the setup. They got to get that car off the ground. He would go into the corners and shoot up the tracks. That car would bottom out, and it would just send him up the track. Yeah, they so, get that car, like the air pressure, the setup in that thing, and it hooks. He's going to be gone. Yeah, he, he's going to be good. And he finished second or third last time out, and then he was fourth this time. So they've got a good piece. Once they get that setup worked out, I think uh, I think he'll be good during Governor's Cup. Kind of like you said, has got to have all the pieces fall together in one night, and it's exactly. going to be all worth it then. Um, and that's another guy coming. You know, he's out of Sarasota, according here to my race pass. So uh, a little bit of a trip for them to get up here. And then Shane Held, who led it early, um, he he said he uh, he was having some issues. The, the longer the race went, the worse the handling got. So he faded to fifth. Alan Bruns recovered from the incident, and uh, they had to change out the clutch between practice and the race. He came back to finish sixth. Then Matt Jarrett, the last car to finish, followed by Ricky Moxley, Brian Gate, and Zach Harris with the DNF, and then uh, Dylan Williams. Uh, the car was there, and Ricky told me it was racing, but I think that was an E-Mod that was getting some track time, but he's still on the, the sheet here as a DNS. Um, so, like I said, I mean, the Modifieds, they might not be everybody's cup of tea, but probably one of their better races of the year and they i mean you can have a small car count if it's competitive and good racing that's all that matters it can be better than a 15 car field if you have eight cars out there racing hard and swapping the lead back and forth and a lot of times when we get too many cars we have too many big wrecks and it's like counterintuitive so uh speaking of big car counts though the sportsmen were here for their 50 lap or 18 cars showed up that to me that's like that's that's the sweet spot i, I like between 15 and 20 when you get more than 20, especially at New Smyrna, with the big speeds, the narrow groove, it's easy to tear things up. Now, oh, yeah. we, we tore some stuff up in the sports and race, but it was a great car count. Nobody can complain about 18 cars. And, like, I'm telling you, it was, like, 15 really good ones. And, and the cars that weren't quite good enough to win are guys that are kind of in your shoes, at, like, at the beginning of the year, trying to get their stuff back on track. So no real bad cars. No. Um, and it was uh, Jeff Schofield who set fast time. There was an invert of eight. So that really mixed things up. Um, a lot of hard racing at the beginning. Matthew Green was pretty competitive. It was fun watching the Schofields because they're aggressive, especially Jeff. That guy is like, he's a bull, man. He gets out there. Uh, he likes to ruffle feathers when he feels like he needs to. It was fun watching those guys, but they did not have the greatest of days. There was quite a few spins, um, one of the wilder moments was when the point leader, Danny Fry, on a restart, spun around. He was on the uh, inside of row one, spun around off turn number two, somehow didn't get demolished. Um, and that kind of set things up to be kind of crazy. So um, felt bad for Danny. He had a, he had a tough day with a, with a fast car, uh, spun out. He had to go to the back. And then um, that's where all the chaos started because when he was sent to the back, um, that shuffled the field. And, and again, guys, if we have a restart and a caution, we don't get a lap complete, the car that spins out, if they are sent to the back, the row moves up. We don't re-choose. We don't flip-flop positions. Just move the row up because that Tyler Schofield was upset after he got wrecked out because he thought he was in the wrong spot when all we did was move the inside row up. Um, but speaking of the big wreck, the, the big moment of the night, 
coming to a coming to the restart, green flag comes out. Jimmy Frazier comes off turn number four. That was the the red number six sportsman. Uh, he gets loose off the corner, slides down the track, collects Tyler Schofield, takes him out. He ends up in the wall, and then poor Chris Huntoon, who just can't catch a break. He's kind of like Charles Friddle yeah. of the uh, the sportsman. Um, he he just nails. Luckily, not directly in the driver's door, but kind of around the wheel. So kind of got half the driver's door and half the quarter panel. But he walloped Jimmy Frazier, sent him spinning into the inside wall. Chris Huntoon, thankfully I did talk to Chris Huntoon after the race. Um, as I was going to, to shut down, I saw Chris. I'm like, hey, are you okay? And he's like, I don't know, man. That was a hard hit. He's like, I think I'm going to have to go to the, the ER. And I'm like, well, if you're feeling that way, maybe you should go get checked out. And he did. And then texted me the next morning and said that uh, just a couple of bruises, but he was okay, thankfully. And same with Jimmy Frazier. He got his bell rung a little bit, but... It had a uh, big impact. It was. I mean, even on a restart, and, and again, I feel like anything can happen even on the smaller tracks, but at New Smyrna, I mean, even on a restart like that, you're you're going fast, and you can take some big shots. Yeah. So it was scary, um, and I hated seeing those good cars get torn up. I'm just glad everybody's okay. Oh, yeah. It was a, At the end of the night, if everybody's safe and okay mm-hmm. and nobody's in the hospital, cars can be rebuilt. Absolutely, and especially from those guys, I mean, not that you want to see anybody wreck, but... I hate it when it's the low-budget guys because they're not going to be back for a while. These guys, you know, they'll be able to get their stuff put back together here relatively soon. So I just feel bad for them, especially, you know, the, the Schofields, Jimmy Frazier, Chris Huntoon. They made a long trip to come support this race, and I just feel bad that they uh, didn't have much to show for it. But that kind of flipped the race. And uh, kind of sometimes people just have a race fall into their laps, and that's what happened here for Travis Devendorf. He was a solid, you know, top-five car but after all the cautions, all the spins, all the chaos that went down in this race, and there's you know more than I'm breezing over here, um, it was Travis Devendorf versus Matthew Green in the restart that mattered, and Devendorf got the advantage, kind of like you know the restart in, in Texas with Bubba Wallace. It was all about who's going to get the better restart. Yeah. Devendorf got the better restart on Matt Green, and they touched. It was aggressive, but Devendorf, the youngster, I mean, Travis Devendorf is a guy that used to go up on the tower and talk Speedway videos ear off, and I mean that with all due respect, uh, he was so interested in racing and so wanted to be a racer. And I just remember talking to Tom, and I'm like, that's cool. Probably never happened. And it did, and now this kid is out here winning races and perhaps in championship contention for the yeah. sportsmen as they only have one race to go, believe it or not. So Travis Devendorf is able to get the win here in the Sportsman 50 ahead of Matthew Green, who drove a really good race because uh, he's had some controversy this year. And then Donovan Ponder, who uh, just had a baby, his wife let him come out and race the big race, and he finished third. So um, good for those guys. I remember the other big thing. I knew I was glossing over some stuff. The thing that really put the race in Travis Devendorf's lap, the 12 of Hunter Slayton, driving the wheels off that Jason Boyd car, probably was going to win this race. Coming to the, the last restart, he went to choose, and he went down low, and then he came up the track and ran directly over the, the choose zone. And I get it now. I saw somebody's in-car maybe you can attest to this, that is hard to see out yes. there, isn't it? From my viewpoint up in the tower, it's perfect. It's bright and orange, but, man, I see these in cars. And you, you get that angle. It. I mean, you're up there. It's like, right. oh, there. And I'm looking right now at it. A little angle right there, and you're trying to look out of your hood. You got the light glare yep. coming through the windshield. Yeah, so I, I, I understand now. So I, I take back some of what I said back in February. But, damn, I just I feel bad for, for Hunter. He probably had his first sports and went in the bag, ran over the damn cone. And that's where the spotters, and I know not every class has spotters. So, you know, for those classes with spotters, that's where your spotter comes in handy. That's where I'm telling you, use the finish line. 
choose your restart zone at the finish line and don't come back up the track until you're going into turn number one because it doesn't doesn't do it doesn't matter that's what i've learned i've yep. tried to use the finish line lay back a little bit kind of see where everybody's picking and by the time i'm at that start finish line i know high or low yep get to one side or the other yep and, and it'll just save you um you know ideally putting the cone out there might help um somebody's gonna hit it but somebody's gonna hit it and the other thing is on a consistent basis we're having to fill in different roles rusty's working three different roles to keep things he's driving the ambulance the other night um, just trying to keep things going. Um, it's, it's hard to get people to commit to every weekend, um, especially because nobody's working here for big bucks. Yeah. So um, having that extra person to do a cone and insurance doesn't like people being on the track while it's live. So that's another thing. I've seen that earlier in the year. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, you think about it, oh, well, they're coming to the restart. Well, what about that guy who's catching up at the back of the field who's just come off pit road, doesn't know the cone's coming out because he's not paying attention because he's checking his belts, checking his gauges, checking to see if he's got a tire rub, doesn't know the guy's out there, God forbid, we see a Ricky Brooks situation, you know what I mean? So I, there could be something better, but they've tried to put the cone on the outside of the track for, for visual, just use the start-finish line. Yeah. So I, I feel bad for Hunter Slayton. He raced back, though, for fourth. It was fun to watch him at the end. And then Lucas Hinton, young kid, only his second race. He was fifth. George Alexander, the local guy, he's got Jeffrey Bodine, former Daytona 500 champion, helping him out. Um, that team finally had some good speed. Uh, qualified well, raced decently, but was able to capitalize on a lot of the mess. He finished in sixth. Steve Barnes was seventh after a, a spin and some wild stuff that uh, didn't go his way. Danny Fry, the point leader, was eighth, so that's tightened up the sportsman points. Don Keithley, ninth, and Richard Fiore. I think he was the last car running in 10th. Uh, the DNFs were Jeff Schofield and Tyler Schofield, Jimmy Frazier, Chris Huntoon, Dylan LeBeau, Leonard Whalen, who got into the outside wall uh, off turn four. Joe Hamilton and Russ Moore were early retirees, but their cars are not damaged. So definitely a couple of wild main events, to say the least, here at New Smyrna this past weekend. And again, if you missed out on any of the action, uh, do what Joe did and go back and watch it on Speedway Video. Uh, we also had the Bomber Bees in action. And, man, this was great to see 17 of these things showed up. That's Big car a count. hell of a turnout. I mean, they've been solid. They've been right, you know, pretty much right with the, the Bomber A's, you know, 10 to 12, 13 cars on average. But to see a bunch of new ones come out, see some people return, um, it was really nice. And, and honestly, they had a pretty good race. Uh, the heat races were relatively clean. Um, I think you mentioned it earlier. One of the big moments in the race was when uh, Skinny uh, got into Chuck Brewer coming off turn number four because the 80 and the 50, for whatever reason, the last like three months, they have been glued together on the racetrack. They got magnets on them cars, I think. I think so. And they just like attract each other. They're always together. And um, it looked like Chuck got into Kenny and Kenny just kept turning left like like on his Facebook page. And uh, they didn't wreck each other. They tried yeah. and they didn't find a place to do it. So that was a... That was a wild moment. Um, you know, Tony Bromley had the field covered. Everybody's been talking about the G-Bodies, how nobody can beat the G-Bodies. The Crown Vicks are at a disadvantage, so now everybody wants to go to Crown Vic only like every other track, and we have a Crown Vic come back out and spank the field. So I think it's all about what you got and what you can do with it. I think it's good to see different style cars, though. I think so, too. That's what I like about our Bomber B division. I wish uh, the tire rules were such that the Crown Vicks from other tracks could come race with us when they have an off weekend or in the area. Without having to switch just tires, switch it up for a weekend and try something new. Yeah, um, but you know, again, I'm not the tech guy, so yeah. I just uh, you roll with it. But 
Good race all around with the Bomber Bees, though. It was. I mean, Chase Simons and Dustin Higdon getting into it a little bit. Um, I think they locked uh, locked together bumpers. bumpers, it yeah. looked like. And it just like almost like a uh, chain race. Yep. It was like just dragging back there. It's like finally they broke free. They were hooked off, too, for sure. It out. Um, I don't think anybody got severely damaged or anything in this race. And, and I was kind of worried about that because, again, the more cars you get out there, the more chance there is for big pileups. There was plenty of action. In a good race all around, very competitive cars. And um, we mentioned Eddie Evans earlier. You know, he sold you the car. Uh, Megan Matheny and her family, they've been through a lot the last couple of years with health issues and this and that. Uh, Megan and, and family were coming out to the track. Car breaks down. Eddie got his tow truck, went and towed the tow vehicle to the track so Megan come race. And the race car still tucked behind it and just drug them. Just, yeah, all three things just all coming in at once. I saw it tow towing through the back pit area at like 7 o'clock, oh, and I was well. like, Hot damn. We got a saw the pictures of it on Facebook. I'm like, well, that don't look familiar. Yeah. The U-Haul broke down. This little that's what happened, Toyota, right? I think T one hundred, one of the small ones from back in the day, came out of nowhere, hooked up some chains, pulled that U-Haul, and my damn. car still connected to it up around the corner. Cause I literally broke down coming around the corner. It just shut off when I went to make the turn. And they pulled me right up into the track. I'm like, all right, maybe I need to get one of those little trucks. But I'm yeah, like, yeah, those, that definitely looks familiar. But those things can haul, I guess. Falls back onto you know, racers helping racers. I, exactly, and, and I know there's some people that don't like Eddie, and he don't really care if you like him or not. But if uh, if he can help, he will. So um, when the checkers flew, though, it was Tony Bromley. The Bromleys kind of took the summer off and came back with both cars this weekend, which was great to see. Tony got the win. Chase Simons came from 14th on the grid to take second. He's trying to chip away at Frank Button's point lead with just a handful of races to go, but Frank finished in third. Zach Curtis had a good run going, faded towards the end and finished in fourth. Chuck Rush, who made his first start since, uh, I believe, March or April. It's been a while to see him. Yeah, he's been, uh, during the summers, he goes up to the New York area. He's got a couple of tracks that he helps do the Crash-Rama events at. So that's kind of his bread and butter that he does during the summer up there. And then he comes back down here during the winter months, if you will, and, and plays race cars with us. So um, it was good to see Chuck back. Good to see him get a top five. Daniel Brownlee was sixth. Jason Scrover in seventh, eighth for Dustin Higdon. It was not the typical Dustin Higdon day, but he got there late, didn't get to practice, didn't get the heat. So he was in eighth after spinning, pitting, and all that. So still got a top 10. Uh, Daniel Snyder with his best run of the year. He finished in ninth. Chuck Brewer and Kenny Roth still magnetized at the end of this thing. Chuck got 10th. Kenny got 11th. Then it was Megan Matheny, one of my favorite guys to watch, Joe Warner, because that car's always sideways. He was 13th. Daniel Andrews brought his... Um, his car fresh from the Armadillo Enduro two weeks ago. Brought it out to race with the Bomber Bees, finished in 14th. Shannon Tutt with that brand new, I think that's a Monte Carlo. Uh, he was 15th and William Heineman And Tim Nichols in the Dodge, unfortunately, still fighting overheating issues. Did not start. But great turnout for the Bomber Bees. Great race. A lot of fun. That class is coming together pretty well. We have two really solid Bomber classes. And then uh, we had the 602 Tour Modifieds. They had seven cars show up. And Tom Toronto did what he did back in February. He stormed away from the field, but it was still a pretty good race between the rest of the guys. Uh, these guys are fighting so hard to get this division off the ground. They want it to become more of more, more of like a regular division here. Uh, they want to. They they've been trying to build it up so the track will accept them as not just like you know a free to play division. Um, they're fighting for that. They're trying to come together. They've got you know seven or eight of these guys on a regular basis. So they're really trying to build, build the class. And I appreciate their drive and determination. And hopefully they can sit down with 
those at the track and work something out. Because I think it'd be very beneficial to continue to see these types of cars, these tour-type modified style chassis. Now, these are the 602 editions, but still, to see the style of race car on a more regular basis. Yeah, if they uh, get them on a regular cool. basis, I'm sure they know other people that run them, and their car count will go up, too. Yeah, and I think if they can get some kind of pay, I could see them getting something in the range of like super stocks or e mods uh, for pay. Um, that would be cool. I think that would help and probably attract uh, maybe maybe a few more cars. Um, I, I think there's a couple more in the area that are you know they're, they're like, well, we're not going to come run for free, but you know maybe something will develop. But if they come out, they put on a good show. They do. I, I've never been disappointed with them. I I look at the six hundred twos and the ground pounders as like you can never be disappointed. These guys come to race for free. And they they put everything on the line, and they give us a, that's a, a commitment a good in show. itself, right? Just to come out knowing they're not getting any kickback out of it. They're just coming out there and having fun, and see the ground pounders out there. Some of the old vintage cars, God, those like, things are cool. It's like the grassroots, it's like yeah. that's where, like me driving, what my car is an 05 Cavalier. You look at these old cars and the old bodies. It's like that's where it started. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them starting there. Right, and the and the cool thing, especially with the bombers, it's like. What you see is what the car is. I mean, a Cavalier, that was a Cavalier on the street. You know, a a lot of the race cars we have nowadays are purpose-built racing machines. So, you know, they got Monte Carlo stickers, but they're not really. They're just a race car. Deposit body, sheet metal. Right. And these modifieds, um, these ground pounders, you know what you're getting when you see them. So um, definitely appreciate these guys' hustle, and I hope that uh, something good comes for them here in the future. Uh, and I wish the the ones that are traveling up to North Wilkesboro this week, and I know the Hattons are heading up there, so I wish them good luck as well. But Tom Toronto got the win over John Hatton, who I believe that was his uh, career best run. Chris Hatton was third. Christopher Hatton, the point leader, fourth, followed by Kelly Jarrett, Kurt Hatton, and Don Kiefer. So all in all, um, a good night, a lot of action, nothing to be disappointed about, in, in my opinion. It was good to see. I you know, I can often tell by what I see on Facebook, what we get for registrations, because, again, the registrations, it, you know, it's for me and promotion and stuff. Um, when we get a lot of those, uh, when I see a lot of talk on Facebook, I have a feeling it's going to be a good week, and this one all came together. Um, definitely missed Jason Lester and Wayne Parker being there, and the yep. modifieds, that, that would have been, you know, just added to the competitiveness level of the race. But um, even without those guys being there, it was still a good show for the modifieds, a good turnout. And just, in my opinion, a very solid night overall, proving that even there, even though some nights there are struggles, things are still going as good as they can, um, given the times that we live in and everything we have to go through to be able to, to race. So it all comes together. It does. I mean, weather was beautiful this weekend. It I helped. saw the video. I'm like, man, that's like clearest it's been sky, bright blue sky, hardly any clouds. And it's like, and it wasn't, wasn't deathly bad. hot. So that definitely Starting helped. To, Knock it down a few degrees, so it helps a little bit. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm definitely okay with that. I'm looking forward to a little bit less humidity and um, a little bit cooler breeze, and then we'll be then we'll be talking. Fall is they say it's fall, but it's for us it's still just around the corner. But um, but no, Florida has its own uh, thing it does with seasons. Yeah, so. Florida is you can have all four seasons in one day around here the way it goes sometimes, but. Um, yeah, uh, just like I said, a, a good night overall. If you miss the action, I invite you to go back and watch it on Speedway Video. Um, you know, I can sit here and, and talk about it all night long, give you my thoughts and my opinions. Um, sorry, I don't have anything controversial this weekend. Um, I, I just really enjoyed it. Enjoyed being up in the booth, had fun. I uh, got to be a little silly at times and just uh, just enjoyed it, man. It was, it was a lot of fun. 
a solid good weekend. It was, and that's that's all I can ask for. And I think we're going to have another one this weekend if Mother Nature cooperates. I know it's only Tuesday at this recording, so I'm not even going to speculate on what it's going to be like on Saturday, despite what it says. Um, but on paper, another good show. I mean, you guys will be racing in the Bomber yeah. A's, and got it looks both like... Bomber divisions there this weekend? Yeah, you got Bomber A's and Bomber B's. Um, and uh, some of the ones that haven't been able to make it out recently should be back. So yeah. I think it'll be good car counts in both the Bomber classes. At least double digits, um, if not even more. And we got the EMOD 50. That should bring out a good field of cars. They usually so, have a good good turnout, double digits. Usually. Yeah, they're they're like now 10, they 15. They wrecked them all in January, and they've been getting them back out there. So it's I I expect at least 12 cars for that EMOD 50, if not more. Um, what else is racing? We got the Super Stocks. We have Spectator Racing and the Ground Pounders this weekend. So family fun night. Kids bike races. Kids bike races. Yeah. I mean, five dollars. You give me, you give me just bombers, and that's still a good value in my opinion. And then you throw an Emod fifty on top of it, bike races, spectator races, everything else. Four or five divisions yeah, and everything. Five. It's a dollar per division yeah. this weekend, and you're getting a fifty lapper in there. That's that's awesome. Where are you getting into races for five bucks anymore? You're not. Where are you getting anywhere for yeah. five bucks? Where can you do anything with the family? I mean, okay, so a mom and dad and two kids go to the races this weekend. It's ten bucks to get in. Then you can afford to go buy some food. Dad can have a beer. Mom can have a, you know, a white claw or whatever. I'm stereotyping at this point, but, or kids can go have snow cones and you still haven't spent a fortune and you get to come watch some great racing and, you know, get to come have some fun. I, I think the family fun nights are one of the best things they die. No, there's no late models. There's no modifieds this weekend. You don't need it. You don't need that every week to have a good show. Yeah. There's other divisions that can sometimes put on a better show. Than, sometimes. Cause you get some of those that just string out and it's just like, okay, single file the whole way around. All right. Checker flag, all right, we're good. Yeah, and then you which, get the ones that are running two, three wide. And, and that's typically the, the mid, you know, mid-card classes. They're the ones putting it, putting the blood, sweat, and tears out on the line every lap. So um, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm definitely looking forward to the rest of the year. I know we're getting to the, towards the end of the regular season. Um, and before we take our last break here, um, just so everybody knows, the regular season points end at the end of October for every division except the six-pack series. So mod minis. Uh, modifieds, Jane Cigarette all modifieds, the big modifieds, prolates and superlates, they will conclude their points at Governor's Cup. Everybody else concludes at the end of October. Um, Governor's Cup for those classes is an exhibition. Only the supers, pros, the modifieds, and mod minis are points at Governor's Cup. So hopefully uh, you'll still come support it because we love the locals being part of the big shows, but you wanted to worry about points that night. I've had a couple of questions about that, so I figured I'd... Uh, get that out there. But I think you put that out there on uh, some of the posts and everything. Yeah, I I, I, I tried to, but... 14th, I think? Yeah, so we're getting to the point now where I really got to start looking at where everybody's last race is because it could be this week. It could be October 28th. So um, the other big thing I have, um, Governor's Cup registration is open for all classes. I'm really starting to pump that out. We didn't get to run Governor's Cup last year. I really want to build this up. Uh, I just had a super late model driver inquiring about entries. So it's starting to feel like Governor's Cup season again. And not to bury any of our local races, but I don't want to only promote Governor's Cup after the regular season either. So you'll see a lot of Governor's Cup intertwined with what's going on this week. So um, if you can promote out a couple weeks in advance, and yeah, draw the honestly, car up, um, have a big weekend. I think we're about six months behind on Governor's Cup promotion, and that is something that I've been talking to Tammy about, and next year we're going to really 
she's been doing a great job on the website. I, I talked to her pre-race, had her uh, address the fans. Uh, not a lot of people know Tammy. She's not a, uh, you know, put me in front of the camera. I want to be flashy type of person. Uh, so I wanted to speedway video. She's like, oh, okay, let me get off this camera real quick. Yeah, I'll yeah. I put her on quick, the spot, uh, and she was busy helping with concessions, so I pulled her away from what she was doing. But, I, you know, she's been she's the reason our website looks so great right now. Um, she's been trying to do a lot of work on there. So we're, we're trying to ramp things up. We're we're trying to get back to consistency because there's been so much turmoil, so much change. Last year with the weather, uh, the season ending prematurely. Yeah, with the hurricanes and the storms just it's crazy and then you know this year there's there's been uh we've had to switch insurance a lot goes on behind the scenes with that um so tammy and i are working to try to make the website uh, a little bit bigger and better more grandiose and get more information out on there versus just on facebook i'm definitely gonna say it's not us out on the track and everything there's a lot of people doing work behind the scenes that make this right well you guys the way i look at it you guys are the show when we're racing and the ones that are working there and there's only look there's only three people that are there full-time it's not a big operation a lot um, are multitasking doing multiple jobs a night right i mean look I, I do a lot of what i do for the racetrack while i do my actual day job like i'll be in the middle of doing my day job get to a point do something for the track back to the day job take a phone call for the day job do another post for the track so and there are some weeks like last week things were a little slower at the day job so i was able to put more out there and this week I, I'm hoping to get some more stuff out for Family Fun Night, and I got Governor's Cup stuff coming in. So we're always working in, like I said, you racers, you guys are the show. Without you guys, we don't have a reason to open the gates. Um, so, of course, you guys are appreciated. And those running the, the facility, God, we got to appreciate them too. You might have your disagreements with them from time to time on a call or you know a, a cancellation or this and that, but just know they're doing what they're doing so that you have a place to race. So it's, it's a trade-off, man. There's a little give and take that has to go on both sides. So... Other than that, can't forget the fans and everything. Yeah. We do I, what we do because they come out and watch. Right. And if there's not a lot of fans in the stands, then that makes it harder to have more races. So it's all, all those things have to work in, 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 a, you know, in synchronicity, if you will. And without that, all working together, or at least trying, then it's, it's tough to do. Yeah, so get people out there and everything. Like I do, like I said, I do a furniture delivery. So I wear a lot of the new Smyrna shirts. Sometimes I wear my race shirt for work, and they're like, hey, uh, we've heard about it. You know, when do they run? What do they do and everything? So pitch Man, it out there. It's... I know I've had about 10 or 15 of my customers come out this year and check it out, and I know they, I've gone back because they're repeat customers. They're like, hey, we were out Saturday night. We saw that's you awesome. everything. So it's like, hey, if I can just put some word out there and get some people out there, that's See, what it's about. See, the, the racers promoting helps too, and you're you're doing it just while you work. So way to kill two birds with one stone. That's you awesome. Traveling, why not? Heck yeah, man. I, I love hearing that. That's that's amazing. So, uh, yeah, getting down to the end of the regular season, got Governor's Cup on the horizon. A lot of good things coming up. It is uh, close to what I call big race season. Citrus County just canceled the full throttle 125 for this weekend if we scheduled it for October 14th. So starting with that race, there's, you know, you've got that, you've got Governor's Cup, you have some big races over at Auburndale. Um, we have the Big Lee Memorial at Freedom Factory, uh, the weekend of Thanksgiving, so a lot of big racing, and of course the Snowball Derby in early saw December. On Facebook, I think they have another like tour or night of destruction down at Orlando. Yeah, yep, that's October, always uh, that. That's that's a great time because Friday, Black Friday, you've got the tour destruction at Orlando. I've worked the last couple of those. Uh, I'm not sure what Mo's plans are this year. If he'll have me, I'll go out there. If not, I might go watch. Uh, but I'm planning to go to the Freedom Factory for the Bigley Memorial. I've been to the last couple at 4:17. That's now a motorsport, um, a motocross complex. So uh, they moved that to the Freedom Factory, and that's got a lot of hype. That's going to be a hell of a race. So 
Go out there and check that out. Asphalt, I think uh, Rudiman Memorial at Volusia's uh, middle of November. Yeah, yeah. I, I got that big weekend up there. I think it's two days. I usually make it out for that, too. So there's lots of big events coming up. I love this time of year. If you're a race fan, this is a great time of the year. Go support what you can. I know it might be hard to make every big event because it does this. You know, tickets twenty five thirty bucks. Florida versus up north, they have a limited time they can mm -hmm. run. Like their season's usually like Memorial Day to Labor Day. Yep. And Thunder I know Road, uh, they have their season them, this weekend. I've seen them start up there. Like they, my one track, I was a fixture at for a long time. Uh, they run a race in February called the Icebreaker. And yeah. I've been out there, bundled up, looking like freezing like the kid from christmas story like i can't put my arms down but i'm out there like all right this is awesome but it's cold <laughs> i'm so cold that's me in uh speed weeks if i'm not bundled bundled up when it's you know 50 so i can only imagine oh, yeah. uh the icebreakers it's like down here it's like no they say like sometime on the lights plates endless summer i mean we do get our cold days but i mean we can pretty much tracks run big events year round yep now we just need the fans to you know, bundle up when they have to and support it so we can keep doing yeah, it. We don't get the fans out there. I'm tired of seeing all these posts on Facebook, tracks closing down because they don't have attendance or right. bad management and everything and whatever the case may be. I mean, see them closing, it's like we can only keep more, so many. More closing than being built. So with that said, we're going to take our last commercial break here. On the other side, we're going to cram a lot into the last segment. We're going to quickly go through the NASCAR race. Um, I've got the fantasy updates. I've got NASCAR power rankings for you around the state we're just going to breeze through it so come back and join us for a speed round here on the third and final segment hey everyone we want to take a few moments and thank some of our great sponsors here with the racing with ryan podcast including one of our first anchor sponsors 124 welding and fabrication of course that is ron d'alessandro's company he's been with us for the last couple of years not only here on the show but supporting local short track racing as well and the florida southern ground pounders and the 602 Modifieds that race over at New Smyrna. Uh, Ron, he's an all-around good guy, and he's very talented. Of course, he can handle all your welding and fabrication needs. But go to his Etsy store, check out Etsy.com, and search for 124 Welding and Fabrication. You can see some of the great items that he already has for sale. They make great gifts. If you got a birthday coming up or you want to plan ahead for Christmas and start getting some of that knocked out, check out what he already has to offer. Or you can get with him and have something custom-made. We have our Racing with Ryan podcast studio emblem hanging up in the studio. It is a beautiful piece. Uh, Ron does great work. Um, also very good for, for trophies, for awards. I know he did the trophies for the Ground Pounders uh, a couple of years ago, and they're some of the coolest trophies I've ever seen. So um, if you need anything like that done, maybe awards for a baseball team, uh, for a quarter midget, for anything like that, make sure you check out 124 Welding and Fabrication. Obviously, if you need something welded or fabbed, Ron is your man. Keep it local. Keep it trusted. We wouldn't trust anybody else here on the Racing with Ryan podcast except Ron D'Alessandro. And again, we thank him for his support. Again, that's 124 Welding and Fabrication. Check out his Etsy store, etsy.com. Search for 124 Welding and Fab. It'll come right up and uh, see what he has to offer and purchase yours today. We'd also like to thank our friends at Schultz Engineered Products and Schultz Racing Fuel Cells. If you're in the market for a new racing fuel cell for your vehicle, make sure you check out Schultz Fuel Cells. They're designed and manufactured in the United States to be safer, longer lasting, and they will outperform all other fuel cells that you can get your hands on. Also, they specialize in their fuel recovery systems. You can save on your fuel expenses, significant maintenance reductions, along with a safer working environment, 
better for the actual environment, the outside environment, and it'll eliminate your fuel disposal fees. Those are just some of the products that Schultz Engineer Products focuses on, and you can check them out on the web at schultzproducts.com. You give them a call at 732-922-4334, or for email inquiries, you can reach out to them at info at schultzproducts.com. That's info at schultzproducts.com, S-C-H-U-L-T-Z, Schultz Engineered Products. We welcome them as one of our anchor sponsors here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. Make sure you check out their website, schultzproducts.com, for everything that they offer. And hey, if you're racing and you want to stay safe, get one of their fuel cells installed on your race car. You will not regret it. We also thank SRQ Taxes in Sarasota, Florida. We know tax season has come and gone, but guess what? It's never too early to get a head start on next year or to start thinking about next year. And hey, if you have any issues with your taxes or you know, you're looking to get a hold of somebody that can help out your business, check out srqtaxes.com. Click on their services portal and you can see everything that they offer from accounting software selection, audits, compliance, bookkeeping, business consulting, Um, They do estate and trusts. They do financial analysis, statements, IRS representation in case you have any issues. They even have a notary public on hand for all of those documents that you might need notarized. And of course, tax preparation and planning. So make sure you check out srqtaxes.com located in Sarasota, Florida, or you can uh, get with Steve Darling at the Auburndale Speedway. He'll be happy to help you out. SRQ Taxes coming on board as another one of our anchor sponsors here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. We also have a a couple of supporters that we would like to thank. Of course, um, we have our anchor sponsors, and then we have those that just support the show. And we got to thank Ken Copley. Of course, he is our EMOD sponsor, but we want to thank him for his support here as well. And if you'd like to become an anchor sponsor or a supporter of the show, just reach out to us here on the Facebook page or you can give us a call at 321-356-2934. $5 an episode gets you on board. And now we'll let you get back to the show. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the third and final segment. Like I said, we're going to cram a lot into this segment here. Uh, so we're going to get right into it. We're going to start with the NASCAR race at Texas, which normally we do in the second segment, but so much going on on this show that we've delegated NASCAR to, you know, the, the back of the show. The other important stuff's already been talked about. Um, Joe, I'm not sure what you did on Sunday, but did you did you tune in at all to the, the cup race? Did you, did you um, see anything that went down? Me and the wife down? had a date day. We uh, finally got one of those together. We've been trying for weeks, but with the house projects and everything, trying to get That's that in. That's a good use I know of time. we got the iRace, I think, with the... I think they throw a makeup feature in for us, or makeup day, for one of the rainouts. Because I know when I checked the schedule, it said race, then off, then race. And then they put the one in the middle. So I was like, okay, I raced for three weeks in a row. So that leaves one day out of the weekend. So I've been trying to cram in some of the house projects. But yeah. I was able to pick up, like, video and everything. That pops up all over my Facebook and everything. And get some highlight videos going and caught some segments of it. Well, as a as a race fan, I'm sure you know and probably agree that Texas Motor Speedway is not normally one of the most popular racetracks. It has its moments. It does. And this was, in my opinion, one of those races where, even though the racetrack isn't the best for racing, it definitely had some moments and definitely kind of a wild card for the for the playoff guys. So I think um, this three races here, I mean... It's the craziest round. I mean, I'm not a fan of the stage racing or anything since they changed. I mean, I see what they're trying, but I yeah. mean, like, let them race. But, I mean... So these, you're not a fan of the yellows and stuff? No, yeah. I mean... 
running a race and everybody's running, there's no wreck and you're going to stop them. It's like, okay, go put new tires on. It's like, okay, well, whatever. But, I mean, it makes the racing tighter then because then everybody has to grip and they run more aggressive. So it does make for some moments and yeah. some and calamities. and Definitely some calamities. A little bit of anger issues some races. But, I mean, I think this stretch here out of the playoffs and everything, I think these three tracks right here are probably my favorite of the ones. You got yeah, Texas, so got, which can be fast. Right. And crazy. you have your moments. I mean, look at McDowell's qualifying wreck years ago. It's like, Man, that was How do you walk away wild. from that? Then you got the wild card, Talladega. And That's this weekend, yeah. The new wild card lately, the Roval. Mm-hmm. Which I, I think that might be the most tame race of the of the three yeah. now, but could be. But look at some of the Roval races. I mean, that's the cutoff race. Everybody on that yeah. bubble pushing and everything, and push half the field in and turn one more. And it's like, oh, cool, we got twelve cars down here now. There's likely to be some moments in that one too. Um, of course, the the race at Texas started off early with Kyle Busch going for a spin and destroying the back end of his car. And I'm not a Kyle Busch fan, so I loved that. Um, Sure, there was a cheering section in the stands for that one. Oh, there there had to be. Uh, there was one at my house, I can tell you that. Um, I had to be quiet, though, because Peyton was napping at that part. Um, then, let's see, a couple of other incidents uh, went down. Oh, Austin Dillon was the first one to have an incident. He lost, came in for a pit stop, and the wheel came off. Yeah. So he spun out. I thought the Kyle Busch incident was actually earlier, but it was on lap 75 when he spun out. Um, only one incident in stage two. That's when the seven car spun around. And then a lot of green flag racing in the third stage until the 99 car of Suarez stopped on track. And then at this point, and, and again, I'm, I'm going through this quickly because uh, I know we're, we're getting towards the end of things, but um, the, the 99 stopped coming to pit road. He spun out, and this set up the, the craziness. Um, Kyle Larson was running away with it, and we talked about it. We prefaced it at the beginning of the show. Not that I don't like Kyle Larson the person or don't think he's a great wheelman, but when he's out there with a six-second lead, I find that to be boring. It's not what I want to see. I was getting to the point where I'm like, well, I feel like this race is probably over and I can go watch football now. Um, but then we had the – it says the 19 car had an accident, but I believe it was the 51 of J.J. Yaley uh, who had an incident, and that brought us up to a restart in – couple of guys pitted, a couple of guys didn't. So you had Kyle Larson versus Bubba Wallace. Kyle Larson, probably one of the most popular guys in NASCAR these days. Yeah. Bubba Wallace, arguably one of the most hated drivers in NASCAR, racing each other for the win. Uh, Bubba got a great restart and was contesting Kyle Larson for about a lap uh, for the lead. I think Bubba led at the line. Then they go into turn one. Larson's on the inside. Turn one is treacherous since they flattened oh, yeah. it out. Uh, not a lot of grip. Get that transition, just slide. Yeah, and not not as much banking, so your car is more free as you go into the corner, especially with somebody on your outside taking the air off your spoiler. I was going to say, if you're door-to-door, that air manipulation. Yep, and, and you don't think about it just watching it, but that's what happened to Larson. He got loose on the bottom, and we're, we're at like 20, you know, 15, 20 laps to go at this it's point. There's time. There's no lifting. Yeah. You're, and Larson said, oh, I wish I gave him more room, but at that point – you're Even going take for most of the race, it's all take at that point. Right. So Larson ends up going, he spins out and basically crashes in the tire tracks of Kyle Busch. And so at this point where I'm already kind of bummed because it looks like Kyle Larson's going to win, to see him going to the corner, and yes, I was rooting for Bubba Wallace at this point. Shoot me a DM, whatever. Um, <laughs> um, hey, does, we talked about it. What fun would it be if everybody roots for the same it, team or exactly, same driver? Exactly. Um, so, you know, when the shoe's on the other foot, Feel free to laugh at me. 
Um, but Lar when, when Larson spun out, I'm not going to lie, I jumped out of my seat and I was cheering. I was like, oh, yes, yes, this race is saved now. Not necessarily because I thought Bubble was going to win, but just because I'm like, oh, we're going to have another restart. This could be more craziness coming up. And Larson's not going to win. And, and at this point, Peyton's up. She's sitting next to me, and she's looking at me with the craziest side eye, just like, like Dad, doing, calm down, Dad. Like she goes, she points at the TV and she goes, "Uh oh!" Anytime somebody crashes, she points at the TV, "Uh oh!" But then she's looking at me like, Seen "Calm some of the down, videos sir." When you did Thunder Road, and she's like, "Uh oh!" Uh huh. Exactly, and that's what she does. So um, Larson doesn't wreck. Probably runs back away with it. The car was fast. Yeah, I I doubt Bubble wins. Uh, straight up with Kyle Larson. Larson probably regroups and passes him back, like you said. But with Larson spinning out, that said, that gave the race to Bubble. We have another restart. He gets a great restart here with you know ten laps to go or so, twelve laps, whatever it was. Then they had a big wreck. Um, it was Blaney and Reddick who came off the corner and just walloped the outside wall. They collected a whole bunch of cars: the 38, 16, 42, the two. Uh, 38 was also involved. So Some what, seven, eight cars in that record? Yeah, according to Racing Reference here. So a bunch of cars involved. So they had the big wreck on the front straightaway. Long time to clean up. They were in five or six laps of caution. They have what ended up being the final restart with about six laps to go. Bubba's the leader. He picks the outside lane, and he's got the 14 to chase Briscoe on the inside. So they take the restart. Briscoe actually gets a pretty good shove going into one, gets a good restart. Bubba doesn't get going too well on the outside and they're still side by side and it looked like Bubba got frustrated that the 14 was still there and instead of just focusing on his own line his own race he was focused on the 14 Bubba had a way faster car than Chase Briscoe if Bubba would have just hit his marks and not screwed around quote-unquote with the 14 backed up the corner a back, little bit. yeah just ran his race and not worried about the 14 I think it would have been fine but he raced the 14 that punched a big hole in the air. Here comes William Byron, who had a great corner, big head of steam, takes him three wide, goes all the way to the apron in three. Oh, and, he had a run. Like, yeah, a huge nobody's run. Nobody's business. It's and there's like, five laps to go. Of course he's going to take where'd it. Where'd he come from? Bubba tried to run him down on the apron, and that kind of got Bubba's car all jacked up. Again, if Bubba would have just ran his line instead of messing with the 24 at this point, after he messed with the 14, Bubba might have been able to hold him off with the momentum on the high side. Couldn't do it. Byron gets ahead. The crowd went crazy. I don't know if you could hear it, but the crowd was audibly excited. I when, saw the video like the last like six laps. I saw the whole video to the end of the race. And yeah. Like they were, like, they were going crap. crazy. So Byron takes the lead and holds off Ross Chastain to win it. Bubba slipped back to, uh, what was it, third, third or fourth? fourth. Uh, I think it was fourth when the checkers no, flew. It was top five. Nope, it was third. So, yeah, he got back to third. So a good race. I mean, definitely one of Bubba's best races overall at 111 laps. Started on the pole, finished third. Just He choked on the last restart. Yeah. He Is just that his first poll, I think. Uh, first this year for sure. I don't. He might have had one or two in the past, but um, Bubba admitted it. He choked on the restart. He needed the win. He doesn't have any playoff points, so he's he's even with a good run. He's still two points out of transferring the next round with two races to go. He's, Especially with the two tracks coming up. Yeah, he's I mean, gonna. You know, you know Talladega's wild card. Yeah, and I feel like he's gonna have to win Talladega to transfer because he's not gonna do anything at the Roval. He's not a road course racer, so he always struggles on the road courses. Yeah, so I feel like Bubba's got to go win. Uh, William Byron gets the win, his sixth of the year. He automatically transfers to the round of eight. Uh, Ross Chastain gets second, so a good run for Ross. Bubba gets third. Christopher Bell with a good run in fourth. Denny Hamlin battled all day to finish fifth. Uh, Kevin Harvick, sixth, seventh for Brad Kay. Daniel Suarez recovers for eighth. Ricky Stenhouse, another good run for him in ninth. And Chase Briscoe in the top ten. Some other notables here. Chase Elliott in 11th. 
Uh, Martin Truex, a playoff guy in 17th. Joe Logano back in 21st. I think they're in big trouble the rest of the year. Tyler Reddick with the incident, he was 25th. Ryan Blaney crashed as well, 28th. Kyle Larson, 31st, still two points to the good to transfer the next round. So all is not lost for him going into Dega. And then Kyle Busch in 34th took the biggest hit and uh, has some work to do. Um, as usual, I do have the rating for this race, how I thought about it in my little calculation here. I gave the racing a six. Um, Texas is not the best for actual pure racing, but given the circumstances, a lot of the pit cycles and some of the battles on track, I, I give it a six. Last year, I gave the racing a two, so it was better this year. It had its but moments. Still not perfect. Typical exactly. Texas, though. Yep, typical Texas, but it had its moments. That's the perfect way to put it. Uh, the excitement factor, I gave it a nine. The the Kyle Larson kind of drug it out there at the end, but when he had the incident, when we, when we had those late cautions, it really ramped it up for me, so I gave that a nine. Uh, the finish, I gave it a 10. I mean, with five laps to go, guys going three wide for the win, you know, guys racing hard. Oh, you love to see it. Exactly. Like you know you won it and everything. It's like it's right there. So I gave that a 10. Uh, 22 lead changes. That scores an eight on my little scale there. Uh, enjoyment, a nine. I, I really felt bad for Bubba. Again, I know, boo. Um, but I really enjoy the race. It, it was, it was fun all the way around. With that it, restart. It really was. It really was. And unfortunately, he did lose it. Willie B gets the win. You know, talked about it earlier. Got to talk to him in February in victory lane at New Smyrna. It's always cool when he wins in the 24 as Jeff Gordon fans. Yeah. Uh, we still love seeing that 24 car do well. Much so, as I still catch slack about it, even though he's long retired. I, I hear you there. My father still can't let it go. Um, but anyways. Uh, if Dale Jr. can get back in a car, Gordon can get back in one. I'd like to see him in like SRX or something. That'd be cool. Be different. Yeah. Get back to the roots. like Especially if he uh, runs the SRX with dirt, like Eldora or Ooh. something. That'd be something like his old midget days. That'd I be mean, cool. I watched him race sprint cars. Yeah, like uh, my uh, granddad actually took me way back when. That would we be cool. Went um, out of Pennsylvania. I forget what track he was running, but we went over and everything. And remember how I even picked Jeff Gordon, other than everybody hating him at the time. I was like, <laughs> all right, well, you know, everybody that you hate, I'm just gonna root for. And it's like, well, you got, you know, if you're in racing, you got to pick a favorite driver. Well, I looked up. I'm like, well, you always want to be first place. Baby Bruce scheme, yep. number one. I'm like, well, there's number one car. I'll root for the number one car. Perfect. And that's kind of how it started there. Uh, overall, uh, the race scored an 8.4. So very high for Texas. Not because it was like, oh, man, what a great pure race, but there was just a lot going on. Uh, very wild card type race there. Um, overall for the season, that bumps us to a 6.58 overall. So keeping up with, with that, that's where we're at. Uh, real quickly, I do have the... Oh, I did the power rankings, and I didn't take a picture. So um, I'll tell you the first four positions from last week did not change. I still have Hamlin first, uh, Larson still second, and then going into Talladega, I really like Brad Keselowski and Chris Buescher. They work well together at the plate tracks. Oh, yeah. So I still have them third and fourth. Um, the big losers this week were Kyle Busch, of course, with, with the wreck. He's on the outside looking in for the playoffs. Uh, Joey Logano slid down. Tyler Reddick slid down. And no changes in the top 15. Chase Elliott's still hanging on to the top 15, but I think Ricky Stenhouse is right there on his tail. So uh, I like Stenhouse at Talladega a little bit better than Chase Elliott too. So maybe I'll flip-flop those guys. But um, Stenhouse won at Daytona. He's good at play tracks. Yeah, but then again, Chase Elliott won at Talladega last year. So I, I'd like I put, put Chase Elliott and Ricky Stenhouse right next to each other in 15th. Um, again, uh, 
I did the exercise. I the last thing I did before I ran out to get dinner before you came over, and I forgot to take a picture. And I'm not going to stop the show to go take a picture of my other computers. So, um, we'll update you after Talladega. But the top four are the same. So, not really any big changes. No changes in the Florida Power Rankings either. So I want to pop over to the Racing with Ryan Fantasy League here to see how badly I did again this week. And again, uh, this is something I, I said it. I, I follow it through the, the first two stages in case I have to make adjustments uh, if I'm able to watch the, the race live. And then I don't check it until the show, so I get that live reaction. So let's see how we did here in the league overall. Let's scroll down to Texas Motor Speedway. And, oh, I did good this week. I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait to see the overall. Uh, Richie Petty Jr. with the win this week with 218 points. RKS Racing with 222. That's me, second place. I'll take it. Eight ball racing. Eric Ripley was third with 196. King Penguin fourth, 185. Pitt Penguin fifth with 176. So a lot of the heavy hitters did poorly this week because it was kind of crazy. Big Temp in Motorsports with 170 and sixth. Then it was John Gross seventh. Uh, Bob say 8th, ninth for Steve, and 10th for Staffordshire Motorsports. So let me check the overall here. I'll give you my five fantasy picks, and then we'll do a quick around the state, and then we'll get on out of here. Uh, John Gross still leading the way with 5,567 points. Just 100 points behind is Bob Say. Uh, so the race is going to come down to the wire here. Even with a good week, I'm in 7th. So I think the, the running is going to be between Bomber 93 and... Bob's Fords and Staffordshire Motorsports. And then uh, Steve Darling, Bubba Wallace, 23XI. He's still sitting fourth, Richie Petty, fifth. So with Talladega coming up, I did think about this a little bit earlier, as I just mentioned. Um, definitely like Brad Keselowski and Chris Busher. I want them in my lineup this week. Uh, Bubba Wallace, for the reason I mentioned, I feel like he's pretty much needs to win this week or get a lot of stage points, have a good Man, finish. He's got to either have a win or solid points. So I, I would... I. Uh, would put him in my lineup for that reason. I kind of like Chase Elliott. Um, again, won at Talladega last year. Hasn't had much success this year. Definitely looking to get a win for the years they out. Definitely hit or miss this year with no wins. I don't think anybody would have expected that one. No, even with the injury, I thought he would come back and win to make the playoffs. So yeah, I'm, no, I'm surprised. Definitely surprised. Speak of the playoffs, who would have figured the first four out were the four that were out? It's like that. I, know I mean, with, with Logano and Harvick going out, that was definitely I know a lot surprising. of people. They do the brackets and the NASCAR. Oh, everybody's it's like everybody's busted. First everybody's week. bracket was busted. I have to calculate points and figure that all out still for for our thing here to see who's going to win. It's man, it was, that's that's what makes it fun. It's unpredictable. Um, the other driver I want in my lineup this week is Kyle Busch. Won at Talladega here in the spring. So, um, Brad Keselowski, Chris Buescher. Bubba Wallace, Chase Elliott, and Kyle Busch. And then the wild card, and I'll let you pick a wild card too if you have somebody in mind, but uh, Ryan Blaney um, was right there with Bubba Wallace going for the win. I feel like Ryan Blaney is in must-win territory at this point. He's so, pretty consistent on plate track. He's very he, good. I mean, like it's racked. I mean, Talladega is a wild card. Any I mean, lap, any moment. Any car spins, and there's half the field. Right. Um, we've seen it before. So. Or you just get spun out like Ryan Priest, sit upside down you go. So yeah. anything could happen. Um, do you have anybody in mind who you'd you know, maybe flying under the radar that might be good here at Talladega this weekend? If you can get the setup in the car, I think Chastain can get a fast car at Talladega. He's won there before with the with the new car, too. And, so I mean, he's been up top five in Daytona, Talladega. I mean, you look at the plate tracks, you look stats, not the best finishes, but once again, caught up in other people's stuff. Yep, 
That could that's, be one that flies under the radar. That's a good one, too, because you probably, you know, with the limits they put on the, the NASCAR Fantasy, you probably haven't used them very much this year. Or if you're looking to kind of bet under the radar, that's that's a good bet. That's, that's a great wild card, actually. So um, with that said, definitely looking forward to Talladega this weekend. I will be watching that as I flip between football during the commercials. I love this time of year. I got racing, football, my Sundays. It's glorious. I don't even leave the house. I just... Sit down and watch football and racing. I'm I'll be heaven. depending on, uh, like we said, the weather this week. If we get the race, hopefully we get the race and yeah. get it in Saturday. And then Sunday I'll probably be working yeah. on the house or something going house on. House or so. date night. That's a great day, too. I had the date day, so it's probably more uh, working on the house some more and everything, trying to get some more stuff accomplished. Slow process, but, hey, you're doing it by yourself. Kind of stick to a budget and do stuff yourself. Well, I commend you for doing that because it's hard to do house projects around here for me. I can't. I'm having a hard enough time picking up after my toddler, as you saw when you got yeah. in here today. But anyway, um, to wrap up the show here, we're quick around the state. We're going to take a look at what went down at Auburndale in showtime, and then we'll get out of here. So another couple minutes here if you made it this far. Auburndale ran twice this week. They had their Friday night show, which um, I actually was able to attend. I took Peyton down there. Tom was up there filming. Uh, so Peyton and I rode out just to just – just to enjoy it. I feel like this would be the perfect setup for their family fun night. Like if they charge $5 to get in or even $8 to get in, um, they would definitely put some more butts in the seats. Also, this is only the second time they've run on a Friday. Things take time to catch on. Um, but for what it was with only four classes and the highest of those classes being a mods, great show. I so some of the video from that. There's some, uh, there's some stuff. Good I mean, did, through there. did you see the, uh, crown Vic at the, the little opening they have oh. by the start-finish line? All the sparks. No, that was I've seen some crazy tracks shot. have some openings with some uh, very nasty collisions. See, Tom was um, he was contemplating, ah, do I do the action cam this week because I got so much to edit with the back-to-back races. I'm like, I think run it and only use it if something major happens and did major things not happen. So he's like, well, I got editing to do. But I'm glad he caught that because it was pretty spectacular to see the car hit and sparks. And, and he's got... Good editing and everything. So Tom, that's that's what Tom does. Tom, the Tom is he enjoys racing now, but he was did not get into this because he was a race fan. He was a video guy. He's an editor. He loves movies, so he has that eye. That's why he's so meticulous with yep. it. That's why it takes a little bit longer to come out. Um, and he's always wor- wary about having too many cameras because more editing and, and he goes and, back and forth and he gets a lot of the feel it's like not centered right spot well and, and that's that's all come with his craft like back in the day when he first started uh, they they hired him to stream down to the bar and then he got the idea well let me take the footage and put it out on youtube for people yeah. to see and he got permission to do that and he's grown his stuff but yeah back in the day he was told zoom all the way out so if someone goes to the bar they can see everybody and now he's like well i know to follow a race now so let me just you know and now that person's not there telling him what to do, so he does his own thing. And works good. I mean, I'll go back and I'll critique my own driving. I'll follow exactly. what I do. Like if See, I, Tom? If I know you. what um, lap I broke out on, all right, where was I running at that point? Was I running high? Was I running low? Where did I kind of... All right, where did you gain too much time? And I know a lot of it's getting in your own head. Like, you, I've heard you say plenty of times, you see the cars in front of you, you just want to go and catch them. Mm-hmm. And that's... Well, well, you, I've done you a feel lot. them coming behind you, so you, and it's you like, step on it Yeah, too you much. got them breathing down your neck, you feel the bumper... You see them in front of you, it's like, all right, I'm catching them, but am I going faster or are they going slower? So I'm trying to critique everything I'm doing. Where's my entry points? And I've been, like you said, you know, gotten better over the year. Still got a lot to learn. Sure. But well, you got to feel good about a it. a simple video and everything, you can pick up on stuff. See, I, and that's what I tell Tom. Like, these racers really appreciate being able to watch for that exact reason. Oh, I know I do. Um, so back over here to, to Auburndale, I'm just going to do the top five on this real quick. If you want to go see the full results, you can pull it up on the web yourself. 
Uh, we've had so much to talk about on the show. Um, and again, Auburn Hills Friday show, a lot of fun. I will, I don't know that I'll make it to every one of these as it's quite a, a trip over there, especially during Friday traffic, but, uh, uh, Steve and Bobby do a great job. We're going to get Bobby on the show here pretty soon. I'd like to get Steve on the show here pretty soon and talk to those guys. But, um, it was, it, it was a lot of fun. I had a, I had a blast. Uh, James Wright got the win in the pure stocks over Brandon Love, Colt Cecil, Bobby Kelly Jr. And Ronnie Roop running out the top five. And in the A mods, it was Bray Ganey with a runaway win over Matt McCrary in the 04, Jacob Wallace 61, Ronnie Abney in fourth. Ronnie got into the uh the 20 car and uh things got pretty interesting there uh carl jones was not too happy about it and let him know but uh uh, jamie castleberry finished in fifth actually if you watch speedway video the the uh the thumbnail this week is carl jones flipping off ronnie abney fun fact uh the srq taxes mini stocks only three of them in attendance the race was kind of what it was but the big news here Virgil Andrews, if you've been around Auburndale Speedway, you know Virgil. Uh, his mom, I, I guess, used to work the back gate, passed away. Um, Virgil's just one of those guys, man. He's like a track staple. He's always around. He's hanging out, knows everybody. He got an opportunity to race. Um, wasn't the fastest, but he got a podium in his first ever start, and you can't ever take it away. Virgil, to me, was the story of the night. But Mike Engel got the win. William Kearns was second. And then, of course, Virgil Andrews getting the third-place finish. Then in the Crown Vicks, they had about 18 of them. And it would be Roger Blevins taking the victory. James Bristol was second. John Worthington in third. Joshua Ganari was fourth and fifth for Bobby Diesler. A lot of big hits, a lot of crashes in this one. Uh, Again, the aforementioned car into the... There's a little gap, a little step for the flagman to get down on track. It's not a gap per se, but it does have a little bit of an opening and the car hit right there. So part of the car hits one side of the opening, the other half where the car rips into the opening right in front of the camera. It's pretty spectacular. Go back and watch that on Speedway Video. It's towards the end. Um, the camera right there. Have some, uh, oh, it was, good footage. It, was, it was wicked. Uh, Brandon Martin was also out there, former pro truck driver, video extraordinaire himself. Um, he unfortunately was on the action cam because he blew a tire out of four and hit the wall. So not a good night for him. Uh, that's a quick little recap of the Friday night portion. Again, I was there, had a lot of fun. Um, a lot of spins, a lot of wrecks, a lot of great footage on Speedway Video, and of course, Speedway Video, then at News Smyrna on Saturday, so Saturday's portion of Auburndale, not up online, but you can go back and watch Friday's portion. So let's check out what happened on Saturday. Don't know all the ins and outs here, but again, let's look at the top five results, and we'll check out what went down at Showtime, and then it'll be end of the Showtime here. James Wright again gets the Pure Stock win. They, they had less cars on Saturday for the Pure Stocks than they did on Friday. So it was James Wright getting the win. Dakota Weiss in second, third for Colt Cecil, Cody Struble fourth, and fifth for Roy Healy. In the A mods, Bray Ganey sweeps the weekend. He wins it again over Matt McCrary, Jamin Castleberry third, Cody Durham, and Jim Briley in fifth. They had another 10 cars show up, so good to run there. Mini stocks, they had 12 of them, so they uh, what quadrupled the field. And it was still Mike Engel, Mike Engel and William Kearns, the top two. Then it was Bill Witherington, Zach Dees, and Kirby Graham rounding out the top five. Crown Vicks, let's see, they had 20 of those, so a good turnout once again for the Crown Vicks. And we saw Austin Taylor in the two get the win over James Bristol. Jimmy McLeod in third, Chance Saucerman in fourth, and fifth for Bobby Diesler. So a lot of the same names in the top five. The main event was the BG Products winged sprint cars. Had a good field. 15 showed up, two DNS, so 13 took the green. 
And when the checkered flag flew, who the heck is this guy? Joe Ligari? Ligori? Never heard of him. But Joe was the winner over Sport Allen and Bruce Brantley rounding out the top three. Dylan Reynolds. We know we all know Dylan Reynolds. He was uh, fourth, fifth for Brian Riddle. So looked like a good turnout there for the sprint cars, which was good to see. I've never heard of Joe. So cool to see a new winner. Street stocks were in action. They had nine of them. Uh, unfortunately, our good buddy Steve Darling, the announcer over there at Auburndale, and our sponsor here, SRQ Taxes, he did not, he was not able to start. And Mike Wilson, because Steve wasn't out there, got the win. If Steve was able to start, he was going to win, no doubt. Uh, Mike Wilson got the win. Danny Kaler was second. Cody Struble third. Fourth for Rob Kuhn and Joey Girard rounding out the top five there. Pro figure eights. Holy cow. They had a, Joe was just talking about how these other tracks have so many features, and you see why this segment gets exhausting. Um, they had pro figure eights, and Preston Davis got the win over Chucky Hearn, Sean Senekosov, Shane Grigsby, and Seth Nistuk. And again, a field of 13. There was even a uh, machine out there that was made to look like a school bus. So that's pretty cool. Must have been a fun race. And then clicking over to Showtime real quick. Last little bit of business here before we get out of here. Uh, Sammy Coghill got the street stock victory over there. Thomas Myers second, third for Kyle Courtney. Rick Hall was fourth, fifth for Doug Miller. And, of course, if you want more in-depth on this, um, you can tune into the hot mic here on Wednesdays or go back and watch it on Facebook. Uh, the Ford Oval A division was won by Dustin Wilson with Dennis Wilson finishing second, third for Wyatt Shepard, Sean Moore fourth, fifth for Jess- Jesse Ashley. In the pro trucks. Now, I was told that this was going to be a 2,000 to win race if they had 14 or more trucks. They only had four. I didn't know pro trucks were racing, so I didn't see it advertised much. And it would be Jackson Denton out of Port Orange, Florida, getting the victory over Chase King, Becca Monopoly, and Devin Kyle. With the way the trucks have been going this year, I'm honestly surprised, even if this wasn't advertised well, that there wasn't at least 10. Four is a little bit uh, disappointing for sure. That's kind of shocking. Usually trucks, I mean, New Smyrna, they usually have a good yeah, we get out and you like see 18. Them. Yeah. They, they've consistently been getting on a bad night 12, between 12 and 18 all year at New Smyrna and Auburndale. Yeah. So it's kind of shocking. I'm, I was I was definitely surprised when I heard that from Matt. It's kind of like we talked about, you know, depends how people's schedules line up. Yeah, and, and it could have been. Parts. Maybe it was advertised just fine. It's just people weren't able to make it because other things were going on. I don't know. Uh, but Garrett Larson got the win in the super mini late models or, you know, mod minis. Uh, Jay Zolziak was second, Jeff Firestin third, fourth for Austin Ramsey and Mackie Mangold rounding out the top five race cars of yesteryear, kind of like the ground pounders, but different. Uh, Dwayne Lacomieu won that one. Clay Fry Jr. Second, Kush Rivette third, Tim Brush and Scott Finley rounding out the top five. And then of course it keeps going. <laughs> and oh, the uh, A-Mods were in action. Brian Scaly won that one. Doug Miller was second. Tom Zimmerman third. Tommy Schrader, Mike Meadows rounding out the top five. And since there's only six, Josh Renza rounding out the field. And that does it for around the state. I didn't see anything uh, from Citrus County, so that's all I've got here. Um, what a great show this turned out to be. Uh, again, thank you to Joe Versine for stopping in making the trip all the way out here and uh, in the pouring rain to get out here to come in the studio it's been a lot of fun uh, well, rained after i got here a little bit of sprinkles on the way but it... well hopefully by the time we 
get out of here. Sounds like it's calmed down quite a bit. So hopefully oh, yeah, it'll be a nice drive for you. Definitely not like it was going out earlier. No, it was pretty bad. You might hear the first part of the show. There's some static. That's actually the rain on the roof. But uh, anyways, big, uh, lightning bolts, some thunder in there. Oh, I'm I'm sure. Yeah, you, you're you're gonna feel like wow, he did some editing when I when I said those really important things. He put thunder and lightning in there. No, that was just natural. So. Um, but no, it was, it was great to have you. Appreciate you making the I effort am. to come down here and be fun. on the hey, show. I'm open to come down again if you need somebody. Let well, me know. You are welcome anytime. As long and as the schedules line up, I'm off working time and get down here. It's been fun. Perfect. Well, like I said, you're welcome anytime. And uh, as your uh, story continues to develop, we can fill people in. And uh, you know, if you're ever just like, hey, let's just shoot the shoot the crap and talk racing, we will. Yeah, I'm, I'm down for it. All righty. So next week, uh, hopefully, we'll be covering Family Fun Night. We can at least talk Talladega for the cup series and whatever else we're able to get in as far as racing goes. You guys know how the show goes at this point, if you've been listening and I know you're listening because the numbers continue to, uh, to astound me. I really appreciate the support. Thank you to all of our sponsors. Uh, we're able to cut some new ads. We added the sponsorship seminar as one of our new sponsors for the foreseeable future. So um, I thank everybody for listening, for supporting the show, for the, some of you all that, uh, Run stickers on the cars. I appreciate that as well. So thank you guys for listening. Joe, again, thank you for coming. All right. Well, we will talk to you all next week. Get out there, enjoy some great racing, and come back and listen. We'll talk to you then. Goodbye.